Hi, everybody. It's good old J.R. Jim Ross, a member of multiple halls of fame and the voice of AEW Wrestling. And you're listening to Bad Medicine Podcast, and you're going to like it. I think we'll go with a little Bohemian Rhapsody, gentlemen. Good call. Easy come, easy go. Will you let me go? Sand. But there, there's snow on the just road, Dave. It's bad, hard to just see a, the lines. Just public service announcements for people who are just like, hey, look, we understand you're stupid, and we don't expect you to not be stupid for the rest of your life, because this is how God made you, and we accept you for that, right? I'm just as God made me, sir. But, um, but you know. Like, and we're, we're going to get to that right after we're coming to you live oh, from the 13th floor of the Wyland Corporation Studios here at Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> we are overlooking the beautiful Fox Valley nestled in the heart of Lake Winnebago country. I want to mix it up a little bit for you every now and then. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Bad Medicine Podcast, and we've got a good one for you. Oh, goddamn, do we? Yeah, we just never God. sees when the red light is on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking here drinking my... Yeah, what do you got there? I got hey. a uh, Bloody Mary and a protein shaker cup, which is... Uh, a Bad Medicine protein shaker cup. Yeah, yeah that's uh, right. You know, it's Sundays, football's on. Is it bad? Like, I just got done working out and lifting, and I come in, have a Bloody Mary. <laughs> that's what you're There's not that to. much vodka in here, so basically oh, this is just... Whatever. This Dave, is essentially a V8, is what it is. Tell the listeners how much vodka you put in there to make a Dave I don't know. All I know is I came bloody. into the studios today like Biff Tannen. I come into the studios <laughs> on Sunday, all you got for me is Fleischmann's vodka? Hey, it's if there's a most recently I, yeah, no, uh, there, I tell you what though, if if there's a drink oh. that you can mix like lo, low grade vodka with and still be okay, it's a Bloody Mary. Hey, hey, Fleischmann's, they're friends of the podcast. Fleischmann's vodka's friends of the podcast. Well, see, no, we don't got any Grey Goose or Belvedere here. We got Fleischmann's. But if you have good Bloody Mary mix, having shitty vodka doesn't Well, being matter. that the alcohol thins your blood, wouldn't it get into your muscles better after a workout? And Probably. Be that's the idea. A blood thinner to help... Um, Get the pump. Uh, help, uh, help nutrient delivery after. But uh, <laughs> you rolled in right in the middle of the discussion um, about people driving like assholes. And if there was, I almost got into a, a crash the other day. I was going down 41 and somebody was coming in on ramp, you know, and like at like 50 miles an hour. I'm like, is this asshole going to speed up? What were what? they driving, Dave? I don't fucking know. I think it was like a Camry or something. Ah, you know, sedan. A car that could have, you know, but it's like, look, I think we should start really doing like a bad medicine, like podcast. You know how we do our great relationship advice coming Absolutely. from people. Who I would love to do a driving yeah, segment. We, not even a driving segment, just yes. public service announcements. Uh, so public yeah. service announcement, number one from bad medicine podcast, a new segment on ramps. The purpose of the on ramp idiots Listen close. Get the wax out of your... You know who you are. Get the wax out of your ears. You know who you are. The entire purpose of the goddamn on-ramp is 
to have enough time and enough enough distance to speed up to what the highway speed is. So if the highway speed is 70 miles an hour, by the time you merge from the on-ramp to the highway, your vehicle should be going 70 miles an hour. This is the point of the on-ramp. Also, the person who is on the on-ramp, it is their responsibility to either slow down or speed up for the people already on the goddamn highway. So it's not their the people, job to let you in. It is not their job. So get this shit right, people. Speed up on the on-ramp, get to speed, and watch your ass because it's your responsibility to merge right. Because we're now, just looking out for you. No, let's just slow that down the because I know some, uh, some listeners are going to be like, what did Mr. Bay just say? Folks, you as the merger. Not sure how they would have missed that hey, one. There, no, yeah. what, 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 what are you talking about? Have you been on the road? How much have you clear? seen these people? No, but people Dave are idiots. Like, I was Look, they have attention. Look, I know we have fans from across the country, across the globe, Canada, the millions the and millions, the UK. millions and millions. Um, but people are especially shitty drivers here in Wisconsin. I can't even talk. Andrew's How much laughing at me. Did you have? Two ounces. Jesus Christ! I'm twenty, I'm 20 beers in, and I'm like, yeah. look, it's like I'm a He's scholar. A half, half a Bloody Mary in, and he can't talk. People are especially bad drivers in Wisconsin. We could do a couple public service announcements, like the also one, like it's four wheel drive, not four wheel braking. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Four wheel drive. Always a classic one. Four wheel drive gets mean? your vehicle started. Faster, and, unless and, you got winter tires. And, oh God, Quinn! And oh, what is Quinn? Quinn, you're gonna love it. To say, my winter winter tires. Tires. Oh, you know well. that's my rant. This time. Oh, oh, here you it comes. It here it comes. This was. This was. This was great. So I am at a red light last night. Red right, a whole bunch of snow. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, two nights ago. It's Friday. It was when we had the snow. You know how much snow there was Friday oh, yeah. night. We were getting dumped on. I was next to a big Dodge Ram. A newer one, right? And this guy was revving his shit up. And I looked over, and I could see he had whatever truck all-season tires on. Now, I'm here okay. in my Impala. Shot collar. was in the garage. With my Bridgestone Blizzax, the best Those winter tires nice. you can get. The light turns green. This dick and his brand-new jacked-up Dodge Ram tires started spinning. He was, like, fishtailing a little bit. And here I am in my... 2014 Impala <laughs> just cruising away. All the proof that a guy needs. Listen, folks, winter tires are more important than four-wheel drive, and that is a goddamn fact. That is the truth. Uh, my friend Brian Garrett, oh, uh, who has a Brian's got a brand new GMC. Tra- oh, it's two years old. It's brand new. It's still brand new. But he got it, and I told him, and I'm like, we'll, we'll race. We'll wait till there's a whole bunch of snow, okay? And we'll go find an unplowed road somewhere, and we will have a challenge. My Impala, which sits low to the ground, with my Bridgestone Blizzax, versus your GMC, which has all-season tires on it. Snake bellies. Your GMC, which has all-season tires on it. He doesn't have the BF Goodrich AT All-Terrains, which still (laughs) aren't as good as winter tires. And I said, I will beat you in a race. With my Impala, my four-cylinder Impala. Look, it's a nice-looking Impala. It's the pearl white with the chrome, tinted-out windows. I know it's not the fanciest car. I did a little bit of a 180 after my CTS coupe, my last car Yeah, you car really went a different direction. You, I it's did. almost like you were ready to be to, uh, uh, to kind of calm it down. No, go, you know, what happens. So I went, I, I, get, I'm, oh, I get new cars like every two years, right? Like I have. Like I had my Dodge do you Magnum. Do leases? What's that? Do you lease? No, I just buy and sell. Just buy. my ass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
But Dave Ramsey advice for you right there. No, when I, was, so when, I was in college, when I was in college, I had my Tahoe and I had that Monte Carlo that I bought, my 78 Monte Carlo that I restored because uh, I was stupid and wasting money. God, I could fuck if I could go back and redo college and the, the amount of money I wasted. Like a college kid needed two Sounds fucking like cars. on this podcast. You know, what the fuck was I doing? <laughs> but I had a Tahoe yeah. and a Monte Carlo. Graduated, Dr. Demono graduated college after 76 <laughs> years in college, right? Sold the Tahoe and the Monte Carlo at the same time. Got a newer Dodge Magnum. Uh, I know I got a lot of shit from my friends for that. Driving a hearse, but they were different. I liked it. It was <laughs> at the time they were pretty cool because they were different. Out. They yeah. looked like nothing else. So I drove that for two and a half years, maybe three years. Then I got an FJ Cruiser. Oh, I was badass. going back and forth between a Jeep, uh, a, a Jeep Wrangler. Uh, an H3 or an FJ Cruiser, and there wasn't a lot of FJs around here. This was a black one with some custom white mm. um, hockey stripe on it, not the roof rack, so it was pretty cool looking. I put some Moto Metal aftermarket it was tires badass. on. I remember it that. It did have, it have had, good rich and, and who noticed the tires <laughs> right away? First thing second. I said to you, oh, those are good tires. <laughs> some good tires on that. Thing. So I had that for a couple years. Then I went through oh. a bad breakup, and I pulled like the most dude thing ever. You know, like fuck this truck. I need a sports car. So when <laughs> like pulled a coat. Total 180. The vet gets some wet. Win for Jesus. True Christ. lies. True <laughs> lies. Rest in peace, Bill. Uh, so I went That's and got a Cadillac CTS one. Coupe, which that was a that was a fun car, sharp car. Nice. And then after I had the CTS Coupe, like I was actually, to be honest with you, I was looking at like like an Audi like sedan. You know, like like, a, like the one in Ronan. Yeah, like a full, like a well, maybe not that. Something that can shove. But I was looking at something I could afford, like an Audi <laughs> sedan, and it was like at some point it hit me. It was like okay, the last like. Okay, in college, I had two cars I didn't need. And then I spent probably too much on the Magnum for somebody who just graduated college. FJ Cruisers are not... You just wanted to say you had a Magnum. FJ Cruisers, you got it. <laughs> Goddamn right. FJ Cruisers are not cheap. My Cadillac was not cheap, although it was only two years old when I bought it. So I got a lot cheaper than, you know, than what it was yeah, brand lot new. Yeah, sticker. Yeah. But I was like, it was the first time where I'm like, fuck, man, I should be a little bit sensible. So I got like a, a, an Impala that was like a year old, a really nice Impala, all black leather, like the pearl white mm-hmm. with the chrome trim and everything. Thing. They're nice cars, and you know. Uh, now, of course, I want something different, but so, I'm trying to be sensible. So, long story short, from last week's conversation, you don't need a 1995 Ford F-150. Yeah, but I can't. He's <laughs> a, a Ranger, an F-150, but I can't also, haul stuff in it. See, I can't haul those, stuff in it. All those projects you can't do. Quinn, you know, we talked about this in in the production meeting, and I was kind of upset I couldn't bring it up. But I'm going to go ahead and, and throw it out there for the viewers. For, or for our listeners, listeners, soon to be viewers once we uh, drop on YouTube here. Three weeks. Mm-hmm. But uh, Dave here, the Oak, Mr. Wisconsin. <laughs> could Two you time. have been Mr. Wisconsin without a squat rack and a bench? Yes. But w- how much easier <laughs> did having a squat rack and a bench make it? Able Not to get those pumps, able to do what you got to do, I, uh, be a monster. I would argue that having a squat rack is the probably most important piece of gym equipment, so I get where you're going with this question. Exactly. And I will say. A squat rack <laughs> is the equivalent of a pickup truck to a homeowner, <laughs> is what I'm Quinn, saying. Quinn, I'll tell you what, Quinn. There was some truck shaming going on on Facebook. We had some good conversations. Conversation. All I did was post the, the, the bit from truck shaming. I didn't. We didn't encourage anybody to share pictures <laughs> the, of their there trucks. There some vicious and people. Everybody starts sharing. 
sharing pictures yeah, of their trucks. Yeah, but I saw some of those trucks that are posted, and they have, like, the stripes on it, and they have it decked out and lifted. It's like they're asking for it if they're doing it at that point. They're, they're, no, not, those, they're, not, they're no, not using it for hauling purposes they're at shaming, all. They're shaming us. Yeah. Like, hey, look, that, that's, like, even a further shame. Like, see this pickup truck? We don't even use it for hauling <laughs> shit. Yeah, we just have it because we're better than you. <laughs> and if we, we needed to haul we shit, we guys. could. We these, don't need to call Mr. RP to haul it. <laughs> I got these. These rims are so far offset. If I load anything in the back of the truck, it'll crack the rims. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, now, that's a fad that needs to stop is the offset oh, rims. Oh, boy. Here comes old man Quinn. Oh. These goddamn kids <laughs> need to <laughs> stop having their tires sticking out from the side of the body. It's, it's bullshit. Jesus. Uh, I figured they'll all learn the hard boomer. way. Once, they'll all learn the hard way once they all crack them. Hey, yeah. speaking go, of go hard way. Go see our Quinn, friends' uh, Quinn, custom offsets uh, for your needs. Quinn will be like, oh, I hate to be the one who sort of told you so. <laughs> Just walk up next hey, to him. Ah, hey, speaking there. of hard way, <sighs> wrestling term. Damn it, Dave. <laughs> what, what, Andrew, does he, are we... Oh, you took that the wrong is way. Is he going to segue? No, just... Is, this, is Dave going to... Anytime Dave you know, says, you know, speaking had, of... He had means, a couple good ones, then he missed his classes this week, yeah, so yeah. look at what happens. Yeah. We oh, get hit Dave, would you like us to move on to our next topic and talk about <laughs> UFC? Is that what's next? Jesus, I didn't think that's what you were going <laughs> to roll into. Oh, my he God. He didn't even know what's next. He just a said A very big UFC event All last you, night. You no. folks who spent your money on the UFC last night. Jesus, boy, oh, oh God. Quinn, coming from the pro wrestler <laughs> Quinn who just despises US, UFC. I just, I just don't get it. It's he just likes not, Rambo, not but not John Wick. He <laughs> likes wrestling, but not <laughs> UFC. Yeah, you know, Rambo, uh, that was a realistic movie, not this John Wick <laughs> rolling through Fast the club. The the Western. That's right. You know how much better, you know how much better this UFC would have been if they would have just rolled in four giant televisions into the, or eight giant televisions into the octagon and just showed first blood it would have been so much better it's just a t-mobile arena packed with people watching first blood but oh, no it was a big that. ufc event um main evented by uh conor Mar mcgregor versus cowboy don cerrone um anytime mcgregor gets in the ring at least over the last handful of years or the octagon rather um people get excited um he's the big know, draw his last fight, uh, a loss versus Khabib. Uh, you know, Khabib, arguably the best fighter in the world right now. Um, and he's kind of just on a different level. And, Gibberish to Quinn. And I think, allegedly, you know, and, and, and Khabib had, uh, or Connor had two years out of the octagon uh, almost. Um, well, his he last, trained for that boxing his, match. Yeah, he was fighting McGregor. But his last time in the octagon before fighting Khabib was November of 2016. He came back two years later in October of 2018, lost to Khabib. Um, that's that's a lot of time out of the octagon. Um, he, obviously, he everybody he knows he fought Mayweather. Well, he had to film the Obi-Wan prequel, too. Oh, God. Oh, different McGregor. Sorry. <laughs> the good <laughs> one. You and, you and the good one. You dick. You and you didn't even no, get But so there was a lot of hype because in, in UFC is an interesting sport in that God, you can me. have these guys who are like the best fighters in the world. But if they lose like three or four fights in a row, you're yeah. kind of fucked. Like yeah. you have to go, you know, you can still fight in other organizations. But the UFC is, is the it's WWE the of mixed martial arts. And you can't lose more than two, three, four times in a row. Like you lose four times in a row. Row, you're getting you're yeah, getting kind no of booted. Prime no, example, they don't want no CM clowns. Punk. And not to yeah, CM was he was in way over his head. Not to <laughs> say that had Conor McGregor lost two fights in a row, that he would be out of the mix and they weren't gonna, you know, use him anymore. He's a huge draw. 
But um, at the end of the day, it's, it's all about the money. It's about the money. And look, anybody who questions McGregor fighting um, Floyd Mayweather is the idiot. That guy, look, he's a lot smarter than people think. Do I think his real personality is who we see in promos and stuff? Absolutely not. Look, well, the, he's been the big shit talker since he day has one, been, right? But he, but they love it because that's look. I tell you what. So I do a lot of interviews in bodybuilding, right? And there is so much respect among the bodybuilders. Now, some of them don't like each other behind the scenes, but you put a camera in front of their face and a microphone. Everybody says nothing but great it's stuff. It's like an NFL aside from like yeah, aside conference. from two, three. And you so when I was Bolton doing when I was material. doing interviews for muscular development, now for muscle and fitness and flex, the fans want some sort of hype. Friends, Friends of the, the podcast. podcast, all the fans. The front, but you can ask these bodybuilders like, "Hey, you know what? It's the Arnold Classic. How do you feel?" Well, I had a I had a great off season. Um, you know, just uh, got some solid training in, worked on my nutrition. Uh, I think I'm going to come in. You know, this show trying to be about five pound heavier with better conditioning than my last outing. So I feel really good about the package I brought. Oh, what do you think of the competition? Well, you know, I try not to think about that. Some good guys here. I try to focus on myself in these interviews. Like, just get fucking dry. And I all love all dry these guys, and they don't want to talk shit. There's a couple Sounds of guys. Like you're talking to the draft. There's a couple of bodybuilders, like like uh, like Guy Cisternino and Jose Raymond. Of course, they're guys from the East Coast, from Jersey and Boston. They'll talk shit. Nice. See, that's what you want to have. A little and entertainment value. Like, you know, like Ken Patera used to do in the strongman competition. Yeah, like Giles, like seriously go after. I beat it. Like Giles, like I beat him already. I'll take him. I'm not worried about him. And Jose's like super chill. Like, I ain't worried about nobody. You know, that was a terrible Boston I would just say, uh, oh, wait, that just was say a Boston Boston accent. Like, uh, that was Boston. Dude, hold on, Quinn. I didn't yeah. know how to again. do Boston. Do it again. I don't even know how to do Boston. He's just got to talk on my wall. Yeah, you got to get the car. You got to go in the bar. Jose ain't worried about like these guys. In any regard, uh, UFC, they're fighting. And it's and I get that bodybuilding is different from fighting, but you're punching each other in the face and trying to knock each other out. So it makes for so much better pre-fight when you have fighters who are talking trash, you are getting hyped up. And Mayweather in McGregor fight, that was the the ultimate like trash talking back and forth. And that got nasty because McGregor's like backpack. He can't even fucking read. <laughs> you know? I mean it was it was great. It was great for the fans. And look, I, I don't for two seconds think Mayweather and McGregor didn't walk off stage and go back in the fitting room or dressing room and be like, damn, bro, that was, bro, that was great. <laughs> they bought it. They, they, they ate that shit right it. up. Well, they were on the same plane. But look we how much money done. McGregor made. He made like $100 million off that Mayweather flight. He had one flight? fight, 36 minutes. That's enough vodka. That's enough vodka. 36 minutes set for the rest of his life. Done. You know? And he's trying to work on a second fight with Mayweather, which... You know, yeah, people, I think at this happen, point, people know. Cool. And Mayweather, look, that fight, people can say what they want about it. Mayweather dragged that it, fight well, out long. Hey, how about we make it a UFC fight this time? Oh, no. It, it's, it's, but that's, see, that, no, another. that's a great point, Andrew, because a lot of people were talking about, like, well, like Connor would Connor would kill Mayweather in, a, in, a, in an octagon. Well, some people were like, no, Mayweather would still, Mayweather with four ounce gloves. Because Connor could take it. This is what people were, this, okay, so both sides, people were saying it would be it would be a slaughter. Connor would kill him and shoot in for a double leg takedown or whatever, go for a head kick. Mayweather would be out. A lot of people argued that um, that Mayweather was too good of a defensive fighter. That regardless of what Conor McGregor did, Mayweather was going to be able to catch him. Um, so there was a lot of interesting discussions. So I liked the, the the discussion that if Mayweather was in an octagon with four ounce gloves, right? His hands are so fast. He's so 
he's such a good defensive fighter. Some people think he's boring to fight, to watch fight, which I will agree that his fights are boring because he's such a defensive fighter. But Mayweather with four ounce gloves, maybe not now anymore, but at least in his prime and probably still now, I don't think even the best mixed martial artist is going to be able to shoot in on him and take him down because I think as they go for the takedown, Mayweather with four ounce gloves is going to fucking hit you four times before you side, even know what happened. Pop, 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 and step to the side and you're going to be on the ground. Like, that's my take. And and obviously in UFC, you can get a lucky punch, you can get a lucky takedown, a lucky turn, whatever, but you put Floyd Mayweather in an octagon with four ounce gloves and I think he still tears everybody apart. But, it still took Mayweather a brass knucks to put down the big show. That's, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'm not but so any, like anyhow, God, we're getting, we're, well, look at us. We're getting off topic. Go <laughs> figure. We're getting off topic again. Um, but so um, McGregor had a fight with Cowboy Don Cerrone. Mm-hmm. Now, Don Cerrone has been like he's a, been around the block. He wait, has wait, been wait, around the block. His last name is Cerrone and he's a cowboy. Uh, OK, I'll, I'll go with it. Guy, the guy Liam was he, like when he was like twenty or twenty one or some shit. He was, was he like, a Las Vegas bull rider? He was a bull rider. Yeah. See, my lack of knowledge is Everyone really good. Like, he quits making fun of me. No, folks. so he was a, he was a, he was bright. like when he was younger, he was into like bull riding and shit, and then he got into Damn kickboxing. It. I think he was undefeated in kickboxing. I'd have to pull up his records, but his kickboxing record was ridiculous. I don't know like how high of a level he fought at, but he has been like a stable in the mixed martial arts scene for years. You know, he'll win two, lose one, win three, lose one, win two, lose two, but his fights are always really good. So he's had a lot more staying power in the UFC than we've seen from a lot of people. UFC is tough because, again, you lose two, three fights in a row. Yeah. Like, people start saying Kick- goodbye. Oh, Kickboxing, he was uh, 28 and oh with one draw, 19 wins by knockout. 19 wins by knockout. So, Quinn, I know you boxing, have some questions. One and one. So he's a li- <laughs> he only won okay. boxing match. But or dude's a legitimate fighter. But a lot of people were talking that he was going to be outmatched against Conor McGregor. Uh, McGregor coming off a loss at his last uh, MMA fight against Khabib um, two years ago. So he's had two years to train. Uh, McGregor came in significantly toned down oh. than he was in the past. Now, a right. lot of people pointed that out to... No, you I didn't mean, mean toned. Andrew's oh. all his look at it, yo, his body was sexy. So you mean he was leaned up? No, no, no. I mean like toned down as far as his theatrics oh, leading into the oh, show. Gotcha. Now, granted, some people were saying like, he yeah, he was mass. toned down because he's got respect for Cerrone. They don't have beef. But a lot of people think like, look, he, he lost his last fight. Like, you gotta chill a little bit. Cause if you yeah, like you talk that much there. shit and like, you lose a second kinda, fight in a row. He kind of did it a little bit in the, his post fight. Yeah, he did. Yeah. But, he turned you know, on the charm again in his post you, fight. After you quote but, unquote um, win. But so oh, a lot of people were what? expecting Oh God, quote, quote unquote, unquote win. win. We'll get into that. That was a lot but of a lot of people quotes. A lot of people were expecting um a, a big fight from those two. The fight before Holly Holm was was fighting and that went to a decision. So mm-hmm. um she kind of a lot of booing in the crowd for yeah, a lot the of Holly the Holly Holm fight um wasn't as uh it, it wasn't as exciting as people wanted it to be. She fought uh, Raquel Pennington and it was just kind of a back and forth and Holly was you know landed more strikes. Uh Raquel couldn't take her down, so Holly's uh, takedown defense was really good but so people were expecting a really exciting main event and now when UFC there's a couple of different types of fights fans really appreciate they appreciate just a brawl I mean like, you've seen some UFC like two fights big guys getting there just throwing bombs just landing shots splitting eyes people are bleeding it looks like Rocky 2 that's you know what, what I'm everybody saying? wants is just Rocky people fights. like yeah well people like like a good clubber. three or five rounds of guys just beating the shit out of each other good takedowns but people also like a quick knock 
knockout. It's exciting. But, you know, some people, when you see such a quick knockout, you're like, oh, like there's this high, there's anticipation for so long, and then it's just bust, you know? Like one big running, jumping knee strike, and it's over. That's yeah, when, when Jorge Masvidal fought Ben Askren, and Ben Askren, you know, he's a phenomenal wrestler. His his entry into the UFC was so long awaited, and, you know, this fight versus Askren and, and Masvidal, and then he got knocked out in six, five or six seconds, the flying knee. I mean, it was, it was incredible. And so, yeah, there's this, like, holy shit from the fans, like, whoa, that's crazy. But then at the same time, people are like, you know, when you have a, a wrestler as skilled, as as Ben Askren and somebody as, as bad at, badass of a fighter as Jorge Masvidal, you want to see a fight. But at the same time, of, look, a six-second flying knee is pretty entertaining. You don't get to see that a lot. Yeah. But so with McGregor and Cerrone, um, a short fight, 40 seconds. Uh, we saw McGregor come out now, a little bit of a controversial start. And I won't even say a little bit, a lot. A lot. I was pretty pissed. Um, it looked like Cerrone was going to tap the gloves with his left hand. A lot hand. of glove tapping. And... Uh, and McGregor just went for a swing. So it, normally you tap gloves to start the fight. There's a fair and square. Now we have oh, you seen. Oh, thought it was kind of dirty, huh? Yeah, well, yeah, it's that's it's traditional it's to tap brother. gloves, but we do see that we do see that you know from time to time with fighters who are considered to be a little dirtier or there's really bad blood. One guy will go for like the hand tap uh, to start the fight. And the other guy will just go. It's like in Ring of Honor when they don't do the handshake. Yeah, exactly. It's, you see, Quinn can relate, but <laughs> but so McGregor misses with this huge shot, you know, and he kind of caught. Cerrone with you know the meaty part of his thigh so it didn't do anything but then he did something that I've never even seen before my buddy Andy huge huge UFC fan he's like the historian and he was saying the only fighter he's seen do it is John Bones Jones but McGregor was throwing sh like short range shoulders into Cowboy's face and he hit him with like four cracked his nose yeah, Cowboy they didn't hear him call out the shoulder it was, block it was dude it was weird because so wait, it, is that you, even legal in the UFC you, yeah yes. they didn't call anything you wouldn't think I'm in the studios right here doing like a shoulder jab. You wouldn't think like a shoulder drive would I mean, be how, as damaging. Shoulder would be like as different. It, is it that different it than doesn't an elbow? seem like there's a lot of speed or impact from it, but it's so like blunt. It's a yeah. lot of mass though it coming is. into exactly. your face. And your exactly. Nose is so and he, fragile. he smashed his nose with yeah. it, and then and Cerrone so you went the blood back. In the eyes he, got a, he got a few punches in, and then he came with this huge left kick, and that was it. I mean, Cerrone went on his ass. McGregor was you know pounding on him pretty good. It's in Las Vegas, so they let the fight go a little bit with um, the pounding with McGregor, you know, pounding oh, you on Dave him. Dave only the, cares about the, the hesitant. <laughs> you mean the hesitant uh, pounding that Conor McGregor did? Well, you know, the, the thing the is, hesitation. sometimes, and sometimes he when a guy him like he was a bus window. No, look, sometimes when a guy knocks another guy, you know, back <laughs> like that, broken. you don't want to jump Damn. in and just purposely beat the shit out of him. Like if you think the fight's over. You know what I'm saying? Like if you if you put somebody on their ass and the ref hasn't stepped in to stop it, and this is another fighter you respect, and you can tell that they are fucked. You know, you just come in and you start throwing some punches to prove to the ref, whatever this guy's not going to defend himself. Like, and I've seen the opposite. Like Masvidal, you've yeah, seen ones, him knock see, people out where the, the guy's out cold and they slide well, in. Yeah, like, yeah, he's like, exactly the, jumping out of left field and pulling. Yeah, the ref's got to do that. Pulling him off, he's still swinging. Honestly, right. that so last that that first three seconds of Connor pounding the shit out of uh, what's his face Cerrone. in the corner there. 
He, I was wondering why the ref wasn't counting them all. Yeah, well, so one of the reasons why they don't like, and we remember going back to the 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 Diaz um, Jorge Masvidal fight when he cut his eye open. Certain states, their doctors and their athletic commissions generally have seemed to call fights earlier. They tend to be more conservative with medical stoppages and things like that. And Las Vegas, you know, they're all about the money. They're like, just keep it going. So Las Vegas, I think they kind of keep it going. Now, granted, it's the same refs and stuff like that. You know, it's their responsibility to protect the fighters, but so. So a 40-second first-round knockout. Now, they I will say Conor McGregor started being, you know, he was Conor, but it was a respectful-ish version of Conor as far as just going off and telling whatever. Um, it was it was respectful, and I think a lot of that was because he, he's got a lot of respect for Don Cerrone. Like, Don's been around for a long time. He's a good guy. He doesn't really have all this big beef with everybody. He's well-respected. He's just, you know, he's like the he's blue... He's a journeyman. He's the blue-collar guy in the UFC, and, and nobody wants to sit there and talk trash about him. So McGregor, you know... You you know, he's talking about, hey, he's going to fight anybody. Then, of course, there was the moment where Don Cerrone was his parents split when he was young and he was raised by his uh, his grandparents. And his grandma came in the oh, ring. As he was his grandma right? came in the ring and like kissed Don on the cheek when, you know, when he was getting interviewed. And of course, it was like, you don't have a lot of awe moments in UFC, like, oh, you know. And then Connor goes over. After, you know, we're like, oh, is he going to be Conor McGregor? Like, knock out dude's grandma. No, that would be awesome. <laughs> bitch! You know, Give her a just... slap on the ass. <laughs> yeah, but Conor, Conor goes can... over and hugs the It was hard at, by the end of the, 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 the post-fight interviews not to be like, oh, Conor McGregor. You know, he went over and hugged dude's grandma. And she looked excited. Like, she oh, was, yeah. She was she like had happy. A, yeah, she kind of like hit him and did a little slap yeah, in the she chest. she had like a fan moment with McGregor. But it was, it was really cool. Why you have to cool. knock him out? Slap. But uh, I don't know. Like... I, I, I Makes thought a it was great story. I thought it? it was a good fight, but you know, so I am. I would say I'm a pretty like I like with wrestling. I'm a pretty casual UFC fan. I watch it here and there. Quinn, I'm much more casual than you. <laughs> Anti-casual is that a, is that a word? <laughs> so Quinn, you're a super casual UFC Very fan, casual. as in never. So from a fan standpoint, watching a fight, would you rather see? a quick knockout, like a first round, like holy shit kind of knockout? Or would you rather see a fight stretch out a good, well, in a championship fight, five rounds of dudes going toe-to-toe? Yeah, toe I mean, to toe. I'd like to see just big guys, you know, throwing bombs at each other and wailing on each other. That's why I'm a big fan of the rough and rowdy from Barstool Sports where they just take some guys off the street and let them fight. Yeah, but, you, uh, but you know, so yeah, I enjoy that a lot much, lot more than the than the quick knockouts. Um you know, like I said, and I don't know if we're going to get into it, but uh, the, the McGregor uh, fight here definitely left some questions for me uh, in terms of was it even an actual fight? That's oh, what I've got boy. questions Quinn about. Wa- Quinn wants to get into that, so we'll, we'll get into that. But look, Sorry, UFC fans want to see knockouts. They want to see long fights. You can't keep everybody happy, but this was a good fight. And it was... Granted, it was shorter. A lot of people wanted to see Cerrone get out of the first round. Like, that's what a lot of people were saying. If Don Cerrone can get out of the first round with McGregor, then we might have an interesting fight. Because McGregor is like... Are they close to the same age? Uh, I'm uh, so uninformed. Cerrone was uh, 38 going into the fight, and uh, McGregor was 31. <clears throat> yeah. So there was a seven-year difference. So let's get to the real juice of this. Yeah, the real story. Okay. Because was it real? I don't... Uh, Go ahead, Dave. Dave. Okay, so there's people out there right now questioning as to whether the championship match, or not not championship match, I'm fucking Andrew, 
So flustered. So you rip on Fleshman's, yet it's destroying you right now. <laughs> the two ounces he drank. Know, right, Jesus right. Christ. I have too much Fleshman's. My face is on the floor. Face, you know, face is a, all blood. For a big hey, fucker, this, you no. can't hold your boots. Hey, this no. time just don't knock it on the studio I floors. Won't, I won't. No more spilling it. Um, no, but anyhow... So there's a lot of people out there that are saying that maybe the McGregor and Cerrone fight was fixed. Uh, the reasoning why people are saying that is because, as we discussed a little bit earlier, a couple of fights in a row would have been really bad for Conor McGregor. Now, Don Cerrone has had wins, losses, wins, losses, and because he is a guy who is always going to put on a good fight, he could have had another loss and still come back and had another fight. And I think having Connor win looks really good for the UFC. It gets the fans energized. People aren't like, oh, he's past his prime. He's a bum now. You know, he's only fought two times in the last three years. So there's a lot of people saying that maybe the fight was fixed. I completely disagree with the fight being fixed, okay? Mm. Those shoulders to Cerrone's face were legit. The giant lump under Cerrone's left Uh, eye was legit. And the giant left leg roundhouse McGregor landed on Cerrone's face was legit. This was not a fixed fight. Giant roundhouse kick, Yeah, you say that about the left. Really? About the roundhouse kick. Quinn had something. You should have seen it. He He, fucking blasted Cerrone's head. His his pinky toe. I've seen you kick somebody harder in the head (laughs) at a gym trying to knock a (laughs) bottle off him. And that guy was still standing. Yeah, but did he get four shoulders to the nose prior to that? No, Cerrone, he got caught with the tip of McGregor's toe. The guys who were like saying, like Nate Diaz was one of the guys coming out. Oh, weak ass fight. It's like. That, of course, Diaz would say that. Okay, you know? let's not say... Diaz think, wants another fight with McGregor. That's probably oh, why. Let's hear Dave's analysis. The couple of points that I'm just going to throw out here with my very uninformed knowledge of UFC, <laughs> and then I'll throw it back over to the rest Pass. of the podcast here, is that, okay, you guys want to talk about the shoulders to the nose. I've seen guys mutilate themselves in a wrestling ring for like $20. I've seen people cut their foreheads open, cut their arms, take unprotected t- chair shots to the head for like nothing. <laughs> All right. Like now, boom. if we're now you're in the octagon God. in Las Vegas, you telling me you're not going to take a couple of shots to the nose guy, with the was, shoulder he was for, concussed. for millions of dollars? He was concussed. Hold on, Our piggyback. friend of the podcast. There's guys every Sunday that go out and get concussions playing in the NFL. It's a risk reward hey, thing. Guy, you can't continue to fight like that. And it's a barrage. It's, if, look, if you get dinged up and you're fucking like dizzy and like, oh man, I don't know where I am. And you step out on the sideline for two minutes or your wrestling partner says hey okay we'll slow it down for a little bit less heat less less bumps or whatever you guys do that's one thing and a UFC fight if you get concussed hey god I never used to say that our friend of the podcast Alan Sanderfoot got me got me caught up on that if you get concussed and somebody keeps concussing you again and again and again you're fucked with what those weak ass punches that Connor was hitting uh, with that? Hey, he's I'm like, both oh, guys wait, are oh, oh, I'm swinging behind your head, behind Quint, your Quint, head again. Both guys connect are hundred anything. Both oh look, this God. isn't this isn't my Mike Tyson versus Lennox Lewis. These guys are both 170 pounds. So They're they fast, be accurate. Hey, I want to piggyback off of you, Quinn, oh, because God. we we know about setting stuff up. Maybe I'm not saying we have mm-hmm. or done it or not. One maybe once or twice, but. You're getting you're in front of millions of people who know how to hit, right? You got to exactly. hit them. Yeah, you got to hit them. Dana White could have pulled him off to the side and said, "Hey, you're taking the loss tonight. You're going to take a couple hits cuz I know you can do it. And I'll even give you a couple extra thousand Let thousand. Him kick you in the for, side of Okay, two, okay, fine. Maybe I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm going to Okay, I'll tell you what. 
whether the fight was fixed or not, Cerrone got concussed and a broken nose and a fucked up eye. So I'm not going to sit here and say, like, I know the inner workings of the UFC and that it didn't benefit Conor McGregor in the business to the tunes of millions of dollars to have Conor come back off a victory. Because Conor losing, set, here's the problem he's, with Conor losing. Pony. Here's the problem with Conor losing. If Conor loses, his next fight would have to be against somebody even lower. Right. So his next fight isn't going to be this blockbuster. So, yes, the UFC from a dollar standpoint, it could be a Coleman, but it it might be on an ESPN. Don Cerrone. Look, I love Don Cerrone. I don't think he's ever going to be, you know, obviously he's in the main. Look, this sounds shitty, but. Because the dude's main eventing fucking UFC fights. He's been around. He's got more wins and in we're the history. Not on him. We're just Don, no, Don Cerrone's fucking awesome. But he he's not the guy UFC wants as their big superstar. He's just not. He is their blue collar guy. He's the Matt Hughes of today's day and age. Just a hard working mm-hmm. blue collar guy. He's, he's the journey. You know, can they can put a belt and... on him or whatever. But he's never going to be the the star like Conor McGregor. Talent. Oh, well, he could be the star if they decided to go that direction and push oh, him that way. Jesus he certainly Christ. could. He could do the whole story. I'm just, about think, his I'm just thinking of the fact. Like yeah, like Dana White is like hiding in a dark hallway, smoking a cigarette. Hey, Cerrone, come here. <laughs> we need, need to, to take, take a few dive kicks to the head. Well, it is technically registered as sports entertainment. Anyhow, Conor McGregor winning sets up a bigger <laughs> sets up a bigger fight. And Don Cerrone, like I said, Don Cerrone's got a huge, huge fan base. People love his blue collar worth ethic. Win or lose, Don is going to come back. And people are going to watch him fight. Connor, they needed him to win. So I could see where it was yeah, fixed. What the fuck? What the fuck? Where's my fucking belt? Well, because like, he was on before the national championship doing a little interview, too. And he was like calm and cool. He's, and look, he's great. Very I nice think and elegant. They might, I'm know, looking forward to the match tonight. Look, it's a uh, game, idiot. Yeah, they might, um, they might have him spice up uh, some of his attitude and stuff. And they had, they had uh, in his post conference fight the the current champion was like doing the yawn thing when connor was like kind of egging him on and stuff like that so it'll be interesting but everybody um, always has a little wwe yeah. in them dave no it was a cool yep. yeah well the champion was out there well, in the like, crowd yawning but there was there was a lot of uh, there was oh, a lot yeah, of people yeah. well, there was yeah, a, that dude from miami was like what do you expect for the fight tonight violence a lot of violence one thing that's fun about uh the ufc fights is like seeing like you you forget like how much celebrity power there is like i think you know they always pan the audience i saw i was only watching the um i only showed up for the holly home fight and the other fight but i guess tom brady was there david spade was there batista was there he was was wearing a cowboy hat i mean the last fight had the president of the united states there for god's sake last one uh tyson fury was there uh andrew tyson fury uh been in the news uh, for things news otherwise. There, what? Uh, what? <laughs> Quinn, lead us into uh, <laughs> Jesus. The only knowledge. Well, the Bad Medicine <laughs> podcast is just going straight into the gutter. All right, all right. Quinn, this, is, uh, this following segment is rated R. Well, Quinn, why is <laughs> well, why, why is Tyson uh, why is any, Tyson Fury in the news? Does anyone want to give uh, some shouts out quick? I don't know. We we could not all talk at once this. and how see how we, that goes. How about we not do shout outs before this bit? Not a shout out before. Probably not. Uh, Jurgens, friend of the podcast. Anyhow, so Tyson Fury, ladies and gentlemen, you may know him like I do from his WWE <laughs> action in Saudi Arabia because I got to be honest with you, I ain't never heard of this fucking guy before. <laughs> I, I feel He's like a I'm champion a, boxer. I feel like the manager in Major League. Get a load of this fucking guy. <laughs> now, here's a guy. So here's a guy, Tyson Fury. 
getting ready for his next big blockbuster match has a rather unique training regimen. He's been, uh, you know, apparently trying a lot of different things. He's fought this uh, gentleman Wilder uh, before. Uh, Deontay Wilder. This is their second fight. His rematch, second fight. February 22nd. Yep. They will be clashing in, oh, Las Vegas. Let's see how this one turns out, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so he says here, and I, and I quote, as Michael Cole would say. <laughs> Fucking coal miner. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of things I didn't do before. I'm eating five to six meals a day, drinking eight liters of water, Fury said. If it's going to give me an edge, I'm willing to try it. I'm masturbating seven times a day to keep my testosterone <laughs> pumping. <laughs> no, like that is like as he's sparring oh, what, with what, his partner, are we and gonna, then he's got to be like, "Hey, hold up, guys! Hold on. I got to go to the bathroom for five minutes." Are we gonna, I'll be back. Oh, okay, what, what, where are we digging in first? To the uh, the the taking care of yourself seven <laughs> well, times a day, or the science behind it? Where do you want to go with this first? <laughs> I, I thought we'd go with the controversial eight liters of water a day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking eight, eight liters. Okay, of water. so eight liters of water a day. I mean, really? <laughs> Come on. How much do you need? No, but he apparently uh, got rid of his uh, his young coach Ben Davidson who uh, kind of plotted everything for me, got rid of him. So apparently, uh, who's ever training him now says, uh, hey, go ahead and uh, flog the dolphin. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. According to Medical dolphin. News Today, there is some research on the effect of abstinence on testosterone levels. Overall, these studies suggest that abstinence from masturbation or sexual activity can raise testosterone levels data revealed that testosterone levels were higher after a three-week abstinence period so this is actually conflicting information like look there's probably not a ton of legitimate studies on on jerking off you know it's probably not the most like probably not not a bunch of uh, medical doctors sitting around like we need more research on masturbation but um, I remember when Will Smith did Ali back in the day, Will said that he didn't jerk off or have sex. I think it was for like months. And they made a big joke out of it because he was trying to keep his testosterone levels up. Now, we all yep. know that Will Smith was on the Marvel diet for getting ready for Ali when he put on 40 pounds. But he said, oh, you know, like I haven't jerked off and I don't even know how long. But here's here's the th- <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. <laughs> Here's a guy. Well, well, hey, come on. Chuck Liddell said that he would always have sex right before the night before. Yeah, his there's fight. a lot of guys that like go out and party and stuff. Lawrence Taylor before football games used to well, have like he was a bunch doing of hookers. And half no, yeah, that's what he, did. he would send hookers to the opposing team's hotel. No, they said no. It was the he, other he way around. It was the other way around. So when Lawrence Taylor came to town, the other teams would send hookers and shit because they he knows he couldn't say <laughs> he has no. no self control. <laughs> so. He's like hey, Andrew he made, on a Saturday he night in WrestleMania 12, so quiet. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> My problem with this story about Tyson Fury masturbating seven times a day is this, okay? The dude is a world heavyweight boxing champion. Fast you know? hands. Now, granted, he's not the... <laughs> He's not the prettiest guy in the world. I think it's more punching power than fast hands. Oh. He's like six seven or six eight or Reach. something. Jesus Christ. Oh, you didn't mean fast hands for punching. Wow. Anyhow. Uh, anyhow. <laughs> the thing is, is like, okay, so the guy's a millionaire. He's a world heavyweight boxing champion. Would wouldn't you expect him to say, I'm banging seven times a day? Isn't that what you would expect? The that, cardio he, yes, that he could get yes. from that oh, yeah. would also help with his fight. If the point was to uh, finish uh, seven times a day, 
I just thought a guy who is a millionaire world champion fighter would come out and say, hey, look, I'm I'm banging seven times a day, not, you know, I'm flogging the dolphin all day. You know, <laughs> should have been it's hanging like, out with Dan Bliz, uh, Bilzerian, Blizzarian, Bilzerian. Bilzerian. Yeah. Hang out with him. You can make hey, that. Yeah, remember, too, he's got a you know WWE contract though? right you now. Getting paid too. Yeah. Like, dude, you're, the, you're one of the best boxers in the world. And you're Why? doing it yourself. Maybe he just, you know, maybe he just doesn't want the drama. Maybe he doesn't, you know, the Me Too era. He wants to, you know, not be that guy. I, whatever, but like, yeah, I've been tr- I don't know. Yeah, he's been jerking off into plants. <laughs> Weinstein. Oh, Jesus, guy. It's fucking Weinstein. <laughs> that creep. Yeah. Why is he using a walker now? Is he going for sympathy? Uh, he's going or for the why? sympathy. He's going for sympathy. Yeah, he's going for sympathy. He's not going to get no sympathy for me. No. <laughs> Did you see the fucking video? Somebody posted a video from Courtney Love from 2005. 2005, right? And they were like, oh, what advice do you have for young women coming into Hollywood? She said, if Harvey Weinstein invites you to the, his room at the Four Seasons at 3 a.m., don't go. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was 2005. But we're not going to talk no, about Harvey oh, Weinstein. Yeah. That's but got no place on Harvey our podcast. Weinstein's in a, in a little bit of trouble. He's got some, uh, some legal issues coming up. He could end up going to court. Andrew, uh, in the news this week, <laughs> wow. there is a gentleman <laughs> who wanted to have a trial by combat. Yeah. Talk to us about it. Fucking, all right, we don't like to name drop, but David Ostrom, not a friend of the podcast. No, not a friend. Has been destroyed legally by his ex-wife and her attorney because uh, in a particular move, he wants to agree to a trial by combat. What is What is it? Okay, here's, <laughs> so are we talking uh, like uh Pistols or uh, knives? And it, he says on a field of battle where he will rend their souls from their corporal bodies. You know, the comet has never been explicitly banned or restricted as in the right of the United States. So, he, and then he wants to use one katana and one waka sushi. It's, like well, yeah, it's like a short katana. So, so not so a traditional a, duel. So, so you have a katana for use. Well, then here's the best part. He wants uh, 12 weeks training time he so that he wants, can... He wants, 12 get to know to he wants 12 weeks so he can forge them the himself. Ka- the katana is... Uh, and I know this because there's a guy that I, I work with at the company that I work at <laughs> that... Um, that is into like sword fighting and shit like that. And a katana is like the longer, like actual ninja sword. Andrew, what was the other one? The waka. Right see, see? Read or? it. What does it say? Uh, Whatever. It's a mini. Yeah. So a tanto is like a short, almost like you know, like a samurai sword. Like a tanto is like a short knife. Mm-hmm. And then you have the the samurai sword and then or the katana. And then the other one, the wakashimi shashi, is the one in the middle. So he wants to have, he wants to have. Two, uh, he wants to have two, uh, two options so, to fight with. So I get that twelve weeks, you know, lead time. So I, I would ask you as a bouncer, have you ever been like had to throw out a guy and they just be like, wait, 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 we'll go at it, but give me twelve weeks, you know, to build up my stamina uh, and no, strength. No, I, I remember the bird call guy told me he could look like me in six weeks or less. Oh, so yeah, there, there was, was that. that but I, here's the six thing: six so weeks why, easy. So why, <laughs> why I don't understand the trial? So because I understand that when you go through divorce, there's a whole mm-hmm. bunch of divorce proceedings, but it's not really a not really a, a trial per se. So why is it? Why does what what is happening in his divorce that there needs to be a trial? Like he wants the divorce proceedings. Like who gets what to be settled by combat? I I guess so. I mean, uh, the, from what I've read, it, that's all. That's been the main story. It's been so about. So what state? What, just what, what state is this in? Uh, Ohio. It's one of those weird states. Yeah, it's one of those weird states that have a bunch of different, you know, laws and stuff. Like you know that every state always has a weird law, and uh, 
Yeah, yeah but, there's there's see, all... they, like the article that I'm reading right now. Like they, he won't reach out for comment. They've just been doing the yeah. Well, a, stuff yeah, the, uh, so the a lot of states have like weird laws that just have never been like redacted. Is that a, is that Kansas? The word? It's uh, Kansas. Is redacted a word? Like they've had these laws on file forever that are so outdated that nobody uh, nobody uses them anymore. But it's kind of uh, like uh, you can't have like four alligators in your car in Florida or something like that. Uh, yeah, some weird shit like that. So, yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of weird laws in all sorts of states. And they're just laws, again, they're laws that haven't been redacted. So I'm wondering if in, in Kansas, Andrew, if does it say anywhere in that article, Andrew, if if trial by combat is like actually a still a still a thing in Kansas, or is this guy just out in fucking left field? Well, I mean, they wouldn't be able to do it if uh, it probably it, it might look it be up. you know. And and with Steve, so who was it? Uh, and I don't watch him a lot. Not Steve Carell, Colbert, Stephen Colbert, the guy with the weird ears. Yeah, I don't like Colbert anymore. Thank you for correcting it. I always Col- call him Colbert. <laughs> Colbert just has gone like everything is like super political. I can't stand yeah, it. Like, like I see, I look, we don't we don't totally talk agree. politics on we don't talk politics on the Bad Medicine podcast because regardless of what side you're on. Too much of that shit everywhere. It's but messy. Colbert is like all politics, so I refuse to watch him anymore. I loved him when he was, uh, you know, on the on the uh, Comedy Central. on the Daily Show uh, here and there as a guest, and then on Comedy Central. But I won't watch Colbert, Colbert anymore. Colbert rapport. Yeah, it was funny. But anyhow, he was. We did see a clip of him talking. Like, look, if this guy's going through divorce, <laughs> if he was asking for a trial by combat, there might have been some other issues. <laughs> yeah. oh, we wonder why they're going through a divorce. But uh, no, there's there's a lot of states that have uh, have interesting uh, interesting laws um, uh, that. Uh, that are still on file. Um, now I should say on file. I don't know what the hell, but just old laws that at some point, nobody on on the books. There we go. Um, okay. So in Arkansas, um, one of the popular weird laws for, um, Arkansas is no honking at sandwich shops. Um, on certain hours on Sunday. Only sandwich shops. No person (laughs) shall sound the horn on a vehicle at any place where cold drinks or sandwiches are served after 9 p.m. This is this is a a real (laughs) this is a real real deal, folks. Uh, In California, you can have as many frogs for as many frog jumping contests as you want, but if any of them die. You may not eat them. (laughs) This is all according to uh, the thrillist, uh, the weirdest laws in all 50 states by Castalia Medrano. uh, What's the one for uh, uh, the great state of Wisconsin? Let's scroll down and see what we have for Wisconsin. A weird law. You must always eat cheese curds. And bratwurst. All right. Let's take a look here. What do we have for Wisconsin? Uh, In Wisconsin... You can face up to six months in jail for selling home-baked cookies. And how dare you, <laughs> I'm, sir? I'm guessing that has something to do with sales of food without some Probably. sort of license. Yeah, um, but damn communists. Uh, not that you're the sort of sociopath who would ever do this, but in Wyoming, you can apparently be fined $750 for failing to close a fence uh, behind you. Uh, Don't bullshit me. <laughs> I would. I would. I never would. Uh, in West Virginia, the state has an honest-to-goodness swear jar. If you profanely curse, swear, or get intoxicated in public... Um, you can be fined exactly <laughs> exactly one dollar. Oh, one dollar. <laughs> uh, Vermont, in Vermont, 
put clotheslines any wherever you want in Vermont. They're considered devices that run on solar power, and then you can't obstruct the installation of renewable energy tech. So you can literally put up a clothesline anywhere you want in Vermont, anywhere, and it's technically renewable energy uh, tech. In Utah, you can't buy alcohol during an emergency. <laughs> what if needing alcohol <laughs> is what the emergency? What if one of the buster comes over and is yeah. like, guys... No booze? <laughs> Andrew's here. I need at least a 30-pack. Okay. Here's, here's one. You fucking and hear the tight tornado this sirens. One, this one makes sense. In Texas, you can't legally pee on the Alamo, which I'm sure you can't pee on any hey, well, public building. You got to go. go. public, yeah. Yeah. Andrew, didn't you get in trouble for that once? Twice. Hmm. That boy. That building had it coming, though. Yeah. Uh, it, it, so did the car. It said some things. Said some things. Oh, are you 18 or older? You may legally play pinball in South Carolina. No pinball for South Carolina's minors who must find other outlets for their entertainment. So we all remember that pinball epidemic. And all <laughs> in, that. Or, in Oregon, you are not permitted to throw your poop out of a moving car in Oregon. <laughs> like this has to, like we really need a law saying that this is illegal. You throw it on one judge's car <laughs> in, in Oklahoma. Oklahoma you, you know, can't it's make, a law. In Oklahoma, you can't make glue out of skunks. Well, see, um, you know, I think a lot of these laws come from what might happen at our places of business. Because, guys, think about it. How many times have you been at work and, say, somebody parks their car in front of the dumpster or leaves a dirty microwave? What happens the next day? Huge sign out saying, will everybody please not park in front of the dumpster or be sure to clean out the microwave? That's the Fleischmann's that I had. (laughs) It's messing me up. But so I think it's one of those things where they had to do these big, broad, overreaching things because one asshole was throwing poop out of his car. Yeah. In uh, North Carolina, if you want to play more than 10 hours of bingo per week, you'll need to find yourself uh, a bingo expedition. Otherwise, bingo enthusiasts an are an exhibition hall. Like, apparently, there's. Oh, like, yeah. I thought you were talking forward. Yeah. Friends what, of the podcast. What are you, a bingo expedition? Uh, New Jersey, you can't pump your own gas. That's actually... Um, I've seen that. Yeah, that's the not necessarily a weird law, I think, weird. for people in that's New like, Jersey. Yeah, there's but, a bunch of weird stuff in Pennsylvania with yeah. like the way you buy alcohol. Yeah. Like, you got to go to a certain store to buy booze. Uh, the guy has to like yeah. load it into your car. You can only buy a six-pack on Tuesdays. It's it's a mess. You know, I'm surprised well, Wisconsin doesn't have the drive throughs like Indiana. They should. It's the same reason why we don't have round the... 24-hour bars. This one wouldn't fly in Wisconsin. In Nebraska, you cannot purchase a cocktail that mixes liquor and beer. Bush vodka, I'm telling you. Not that you would want to do that. You know, there's a lot of people who have really terrible drink ideas, but for my money... Nobody has worse cocktail ideas than Diamond Dave Damone. Some of the shit this guy puts together, it's... It's so far out of left field, I don't even know where he gets it from. Oh, Quinn, I should make you some sometime. You'll love uh, it. It's just uh, terrible. Okay. Pass! Here's a, couple of, here's a couple of good ones. So in Montana, if you start performing on stage, you are committing to finishing that performance on stage. You can't abandon it mid-song. Uh, the reporter says they came upon many a strange and wondrous things while researching for this article. And the absolute strangest and most wonder-est was the account of a 1987 court case that followed burlesque dancer Jimmy Lee Ledecky's violation of this ordinance. Each minute you spend reading it counts as a minute of self-care. Jimmy Lee, you're going to finish! 
that shit. Goddamn dance. Get your ass back up there. And then we have in Missouri, you can only hold, uh, in a Jefferson County, Missouri, you can hold a garage sale only between the hours of 7 a.m. 7 a.m. and 8 p.m. And it can't last more than three days. And you can't hold more than two per year. If you do happen to patronize legally compliant garage sales and score a bow and some arrows, though, there's a bit more latitude when it comes to the laws <laughs> target practice within the city limits. Oh, my God. So there's a lot of these. And if you guys Google, like, funny state laws, there's actually uh, there's actually a lot of them out there. So all, all these states. Stuff out yeah, there. some really obscure states. Like, you can't ride a horse on Sunday between, like, 3 or 4 yeah. p.m. while drinking a beer and or watching Netflix. No, I don't, that just made that up, oh. you know? Yeah, that would have been a cool one. You can't give good, Bigfoot though. a haircut on Tuesday afternoons Tuesdays, you know, with an Tuesday, electric Tuesday delight. clippers, you know, mm-hmm. something yeah. like that. So there's a, lot, there's a lot of really funny articles out there, but um, uh, Google them. Have a lot of fun with that, but uh, we're going to keep a close eye on... Um, on the trial by combat in Kansas, see how see, that plays well, out. It's tw- apparently, it's going to be a twelve-week process. So, well, that's we'll if he keep our gets allowed as you know allowed. training sessions before that. What I would like to know about this trial by combat, and we'll uh, we'll move on after this. What I would like to know, Andrew, is this trial by combat because we saw a trial by combat in uh, Game of Thrones in front of the podcast Half Thor Bjornsson, who was playing the Mountain. Um, got to be the fighter for somebody, and he had to fight against the Viper. Now, does it say anywhere in the article, Andrew, whether the trial by combat, whether uh, the plaintiff or defendant or whoever can designate another fighter? And to be clear, the Viper was not Randy Orton. (laughs) No, I mean, Ostrom claims that his ex, Bridget, destroyed him legally, so that's why she she was... So he's he wants saying, to actually just go yes, toe to toe with her. There's no, there's no like representative because so she got a better lawyer than he, he can't did. get it. Like his buddy from high school, <laughs> he wants who vengeance. Practices nunchucks on the weekends to jump in <laughs> he, for he him. Apparently, didn't do one call. That's all. Apparently not. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess that's what I because that would make it a lot more interesting. Because then it's like, how do you talk somebody into fighting for you, or do you have to fight for yourself? And yeah, obviously, he, if it's dude fighting his wife yeah he's after blood and vengeance yeah he just wants he just wants a legal way to slice her open with a katana which is Mm -hmm. uh, a little weird but um god is this how we lead oh how do we go to our next topic friends friends of the podcast after talked about that no um, yoshihiro katanas and he shouts out sharp any shouts out Quinn, any shouts out? You want to do a shout? Do you want, would you like to shout shout it out loud? Who would I like to shout it out loud to? Well, uh, nope. Can't say that I have anything right now. Jesus, how about, our, how about our friends over at uh, Muscle Sport? I'm not with Muscle Sport anymore, you dick. Oh, that's right. <laughs> You're with Jay Cutler now. That's right. Wow. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm i with uh, I'm with Cutler Nutrition. So we just announced that last week. Uh, a really cool opportunity for me. And, and look, I, I'm not the kind of guy who pulls any, any punches. And my friends who follow me on Facebook and Instagram know that. And, um, you know, some guys will switch supplement company to supplement company or whatever, and they'll bounce around. Look, an opportunity came available for me to be affiliated with Jay Cutler. Nobody's going to turn that down. So Muscle Sport is a great company. 
company. You're never going to have me come out and say they have inferior products or something. I wouldn't do that. That's one, it would be true. Two, it would just shit on my own reputation. Oh, what? Now you're with a different supplement company. So you're going to be like, and those yeah, products aren't good guy, anymore as of January 1st. Man over no, here. Man, no, Muscle Sport makes great shit. I'll say that day one. I love their stuff. You know, there was a big part of, you know, why I was happy to be with them. But like I said, as a, as a person in the fitness industry, to, um, to have an opportunity to be affiliated with Jay Cutler. And look, Jay's, I'll tell you what, and a lot of people might think it from what you see with Jay Cutler in, in the media and things like that and on social media. Jay is legitimately a good dude. And I have seen, look, I've seen a lot of behind the scenes shit in, in the bodybuilding and fitness industry over the last seven years. Um, and I don't talk about it because I'm not like, I'm not like fucking bodybuilding's TMZ. You know, I don't, I don't ever want to be that person. Mm. You know, I don't ever want to be the guy who walks up to a, a table at dinner and everybody's like, shh, don't, don't say nothing. Bay's rolling up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Story uh, some people, some people are the opposite. Like they hear some juice and they're like, Oh, we got to You know, that's why I've, that's why I've never done like a, a, a serious, you know, bodybuilding podcast where I talk about drama. You know, I've had bodybuilding shows and stuff where we talk about competitions and stuff, but in any regard, I've seen so much shit from Jay Cutler behind the scenes that just makes you sit back and be like, this is a good fucking Well, dude. he's been the man for what, like 20, 25 yeah, years? Yeah, but the, so the, the, interesting, the interesting thing about Jay Cutler was is when he came out of the scene, it was it was huge. He was in his mid-20s, just phenomenal. And he was one of the guys who was instantly like, wow, this guy can be Mr. Olympia, you know? And he was only 29 when he got runner-up to Ronnie and maybe could have won. Yeah, and him and Ronnie and he had all these epic battles with Ronnie. Yep. And people loved it when Jay won. And then he, he, was, he lost in 2008 to Dexter Jackson. He was the first Mr. Olympia to lose on stage and come back and win his title back. Jay came back in 2009 at the 2009 Mr. Olympia and just blew everybody away. It was like, and it's like, you know, when you see the Olympics and you have like Usain Bolt, like running away from people and you're like, these are the best dudes in the world. <laughs> this is the best they these had. are the best in the world. And this guy is still like running away from people. When Jay came out at the Olympia in 2009, it was like, he just blew everybody's socks off. But so it was a weird thing with Jay Cutler because like later on in his career, bodybuilding fans are fickle. So like his last two Olympias, people are like, oh, we want a new champion. You know, he's, his physique is too boxy or whatever. So Jay's popularity as a competitive bodybuilder, it almost, I don't want to say it didn't dwindle, but it, he just wasn't quite as popular at the end of his career. And then he retired and his population just fucking skyrocketed. You know, I mean, because hmm. he was Jay was a really methodical bodybuilder. If you watch interviews with Jay Cutler and stuff like that, very antisocial. I just remember him throwing picks. <laughs> throwing, throwing more passes to the Packers. You know cornerbacks. how Quinn is so uninformed on you know MMA. Yep. That's all I am with bodybuilding. But uh, so okay. Jay, Jay's popularity skyrocketed after he retired because now you didn't have somebody who wanted Jay to win or lose or whatever like that, and his physique was a non-issue. It was just how awesome of a guy he was. And I've seen so much stuff from behind the scenes from Jay, um, just being incredible with fans. He's doing all these USA tours overseas. You know, uh, meeting uh, you know a lot of our soldiers and stuff like that and the soldiers love the bodybuilders because i've talked to a lot of guys that have been overseas and they have like the bodybuilding magazines and they do their workouts and stuff like that and hey, so you it's got a, a lot of time off yeah, you it's, hit a, the it's, iron, it's you know? a big it's a big deal so again um you know for for me to have an opportunity to be affiliated with jay cutler that was something that i was going to jump at so i have zero look there's there was no ill will with muscle sport there was nothing like that i'm still friends with all those guys it was just an opportunity uh, for me to be affiliated with jay cutler um we're still working on uh, on all my social media stuff. I'll have some codes for you guys to, you know, um, score some good deals on some of the product. Maybe uh, you have them on the 
podcast? I'll get Jay on the podcast. I could probably <laughs> actually probably do Jay's cool with shit like that. So I'm sure <laughs> At he least could give us a couple minutes. Yeah, anyway. we could just BS with you know about whatever you yeah, know about fifteen uh, minutes. Yeah, you know because Jay's Jay's um, probably the most interesting stuff was his mindset when he was like training for the Mr. Olympia. Like he's like. I don't want to talk to people or like everything. He was like razor focused, you know, and you have some other guys, like there's some bodybuilders who are like notorious partiers, you know, like, Hey, I've got the Mr. Olympia tomorrow. I'm out at the club until you know, four in the morning. <laughs> well, it's with, like Usain Bolt, his meal before breaking that record was yeah. chicken nuggets. Yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Just speaks to the nutritional value of chicken nuggets, oh, but we could probably, chicken we could probably get Jay, but I'll keep you guys posted, but a lot of really good pro- products on jcutler.com, um, pre-workouts, uh, aminos and thermos, multivitamin, which I really like because and I'm getting older. I could use Gotta that stuff, but everybody could, but some good protein. So no, a lot of really good stuff on jcutler.com. And, um, you know, Jay's the type of guy where he's not going to put his name on anything if uh, if it's not quality. So that's another good thing about like being with Cutler is like people know just from the name you know it's legit. that it's going to be legit. Right. Um, especially in a, God, there's some supplement companies coming out there now who just like, you could not have the more, more cliche, like weird, like meathead <laughs> name, but <laughs> I suppose it works. But I would also like to send a huge shout out to S force watches. They just dropped. They just dropped three brand new watches, camouflage watches. I now, saw the camels, by the way, those are excellent. So yeah. So they had, so they used to have like a white gray and black, Camel. Their first camel watches they had were regular, like you know, like the and old. And it's school. like a digital camel. So it's now not it's the old now Vietnam it's digital camel, camel. Yeah. right? So now they're digital camel. They did so the graphite. The one watch is called a graphite. It's like a black, gray, and a graphite colored digital camel. So what most people would know is urban digital camel. Then they have your traditional army digital camel with the army green, desert tan, and black. And then they went kind of out in left field, but it's fucking sick. They dropped <laughs> what they, they called it the fox. It's a two tone red. So like a, a bright and then a darker red with black digital camo and a chrome um, case and bezel and it's just it's sick and I wore that thing last night to the fights and I had so many people like that's badass because you don't see a lot of red watches no and I wore it with a pair of retro one Jordans so they were my black and dude, red dude got my retro one Jordans dude so <laughs> no but you got a red watch with some red J's it's a good oh, you know good accessorizing good but I had a lot of people being like whoa where'd you get red shoes but no so uh <laughs> They uh, are not red shoes. Where'd you get red watch? But uh, no, so S Force just dropped three brand new camouflage watches. Five um, percent of all the profits right now are going to go to um, the firefighters um, battling the bushfires in Australia. So they're trying to do some good there. And I do have a code for you guys, all the uh, podcast listeners. It's my last name: B A Y E ten. Uh, so you go to sforcewatches.com. If you find something you like, um, when you're going to check out the discount uh, or gift card code, um, it's Bay, B-A-Y-E-10. You'll get 10% off your entire order. Uh, when they're running sales, which they do, um, you know, code's not going to outdo most of their sales. But generally, like, S-Force does sales. Like, they're not, like, a huge, like, sale company. You know, they'll do, right. like... They're, they're not a car dealership. They'll like, do, hey, like, we they'll do like Black week. Friday. They'll do, like, Christmas. But they're high-quality products. Um, if you guys haven't had a chance to check them out, pretty much something for everybody, including now their uh, they're really dressy watches. So... Check those out. You know what? Uh, you know you what? Know, address they have. Uh, God, where were we? Well, we're getting ready to shift gears here. Oh, they there you go. Quinn. Shifting gears. Into I was going to say S four. I was going to say S forces. Uh, they just did with one of their brand new dress watches a picture inside a Lamborghini. 
beautiful. Wow, we t- I I kind of shit the bed on the segue this week. Hey, that's all right. That's what I'm here for. Should to we, pick up the should slacks. we play the instant we're replay sh- where he was just shitting on us for the <laughs> shitty <segue? laughs> oh, Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to shift gears here on the Bad there Medicine Podcast to a topic that we were talking about oh. all week. And that was some of our favorite iconic movie cars. Now, Dave and I had some things we agreed on and some disagreements. This is uh, Oak Dave, not Diamond Dave. We had some disagreements and some things we agreed on. So what I thought we'd do right now is maybe go around the horn here about some of our favorite uh, movie cars. I guess since I'm uh, jabbering away here, I'll start it off. And I'd like to start off by saying, you know, everybody's got the classic favorites, um, whether it be the Back to the Future DeLorean, the Steve McQueen Bullet Mustang, Ecto-1 from Ghostbusters, the Family Truckster from Vacation, the uh, the Dodge uh, Sedan from the Blues Brothers, you know, kind of all the traditional ones. And, of course, the Burt Reynolds Trans Am. Yeah, let's – what the, Those are all the, the, the those, givens. Those are those a are lot. Givens. But let's – like you said, let's, let's do this. Let's go around the table – Andrew and Dave, that includes you. I know you're not as much car guys as me and Quinn. He's motioning away like, don't include me. Dave's like, I don't know anything. <laughs> no, I want to be included. I'm finding the movie title. I don't okay. know anything about cars. No, Dave I know has enough. to look up the movie. <laughs> it was that black car in that in that one movie. Uh, that's that's what it was. No, but uh, let's do this. Let's you go around. Start it off, Oak. Let's go All around. Right. Let's go around the table. I'm gonna finish this off. Ooh, let's yeah, go around the table. Go start with finisher. you, Quinn. All right. A one or two cars. We can only let's okay. narrow it down to two one cars. or two cars. That's right. Most icon. <clears throat> What's that? I was just gonna you say gonna, my, the, gonna, the list that I was spitting out was what I feel a lot of the ones people would think people of, might and are kind of you know sure. the obvious choices. I, I would think, and I think I, I think we have some rather unique ones uh, here sure, on the podcast. Sure. So let's go around the table. Most iconic movie cars of all time. Quinn, we're going to start with you. I'm going to say the, for me, it is easily hands down the Falcon GT. I believe it was an XB from the first Mad Max movie. All right, Andrew, most iconic movie car. Easily the DeLorean. Yeah, the spider doors. <laughs> oh, fucking could fly going to the future. That's hard Boom. to argue with that one, Easy. Andrew. Dave, most iconic movie car of all time. We you know, time. I'm going to have to do Eleanor. 1967 GT Shelby 500. Oh, from the Gone, gone in 60, in 60 seconds. seconds. That's a good that one. It's a good one. Sexy for me, car. and this one, it's, it's hard for me. Quinn, you're going to like this. It's from a Fast and the of Furious movie. It but it's not the Fast and Furious car you think. Now, I love the, the Charger in the first Fast and Furious. I think it was just Fast and Furious, a 69 Dodge Daytona. It was modded out. It was that maroon car, and it was sick. And I mean, Absolutely sick, and I'm not like I. I love my it old. It was muscle a 1970 cars. Dodge Charger RT. That was in, in part one. Uh, yeah. That was the yeah, first one, the, the Charger RT. No, so the Charger RT in part one, one of my favorite cars of all time. But the movie car did a phenomenal job. They put the big blower in the hood. Yeah, but it had the wing and, and, it, and the nose. No, right? no, no, that was so the 70 was. Oh, in, that was the other one you sent. Yeah, Sorry. so the 70 Andrew's talking about is in the very first. Yes, the, yes. the Fast and the yep. Furious. Yep. Okay. In Fast and Furious, 
part six. I think it's the one where they drew Andrew yeah, so is the one where they, they drove the one the fucking hotel, the car out the window, and it flew and landed in the no, other hotel. That was that supercar that yeah, they that got. Seven. No, but wasn't it the same movie? No, nope, that oh. was six where he had the one you're thinking of. Oh, that was six. Yeah, seven yeah. is where they went. So hotel, racing the hotel. Seven is where they went. Letty. Six is the one where they had the 26 mile runway. Oh, <laughs> <for the plane laughs> what Andrew keeps coming back to that. Never let Andrew's me live that never day. Gonna, it's just Quinn so, might not ever let down <laughs> part three being good. Andrew is never going to let down the 26 so mile it runway. It's just hilarious. But in the fat, look, the Fast and the Furious has had a lot of really iconic cars. And I mean, that's, and that's that what could that, have easily been your answer for a classic car is just Fast, fast and the Furious. Furious. Yeah, Fast and Furious franchise. I mean, because that that's what, you know, and, and if you're a car person, regardless of whether you think the movie is ridiculously over the top, I think what was the one where Dom had... Where he went like rogue because he had to like save his baby mama's life yeah, or was, something. That was the lay. That was he eight, had. So was what did he story. have? He had a black. I think it was a. It was. It was a Buick GSX. I think, and it he was the one that where they. In four. It was no, no, no. It was the, the no. That you're thinking the. Uh, that were that was the uh, the the uh, Grand National. Oh, the Grand National. That's right. That was that the Grand was National. Four, fucking yeah. sick car. Mm-hmm. God, we could go all day about Fast <laughs> and the just Furious. On their cars. Um, but if we're look, if we're going to talk about iconic movie cars, the Bullet um, just sold yep, for McQueen's. over three million dollars. Yep. His green Mustang. That's right. Just sold over for. Th- I think it was the Meekum Meacham um, yeah, auctions. auctions. I think it just sold for over three million dollars. Um, uh, any Batmobile. Is yep. iconic. We could have another. We could have another huge. We could, we could have, have another. Okay, why don't we save this for another podcast? Your favorite, favorite Batmobile, because the Batmobile Oof. we can get easy. to. Easy. Well, Andrew, we'll easy. save it. We'll easy. save it. Easy. But movie cars. <laughs> but movie cars. Look, there's a lot of movies. But Dave, I think um, I think a lot of people would say the '67 Shelby GT500 and Gone in 60 Seconds, uh, Fast and Furious for me that Daytona. And a lot of people aren't big fans of the Dodge Daytona, Plymouth Superbird, essentially the same car. Yeah. They don't like the long nose and the big wing and i think it's just a cool like really retro looking car but the slight mods that they did with the exhaust coming out of the uh the body um, just behind the doors the mods they did on that thing were absolutely sick and fast and furious has come with just some ridiculous cars throughout the entire the um what was the uh, the RX-7 that they had in the very first yep, one the at Race one, Wars? Yeah. The RX-7 was... Well, and see, so many people got introduced to kind of those foreign cars, whether it be the Nissan Skyline, that the Nissan GTR, RX-7, the RX-7, And the Toyota Supra. The when I was in high you know? school, our music teacher, uh, his name is Michael Roch. Mike Roch. Of the podcast. Yeah, Mike Roch, friend of the podcast. He had a 96 Supra. Should have been a tech ed He had a Supra. Name. Yeah, and this thing was sick. He's always been a car guy, but he had a Supra. It was badass. But um, So I, those are some of the, the, the movies that I like. I know we're probably going to miss some, so we're going to reach out to people on the podcast. My friend Andrew, uh, Andrew Ersh Palmer, really good buddy of mine. Not um, the he answer. was my old – he was the choke-out specialist at Route 66 oh, for a lot of years. Tackle. So I was watching the fights with him last night, and I have – I've never seen American Graffiti with Harrison Ford. Oh my goodness, the cars and in there! Andrew's like he's like the '55 Chevy that Harrison Ford yep. drives. He's like, look, and he got all because Andy's a car guy through and through. So we were talking cars. He's like, Mad Max. He wasn't because it was kind of modded out. So he was like, yeah, no, 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 really. He, oh, we got to talk about that. And we were, he's like, and I'm like, well, in Fast and the Furious, he's like the Charger from the first one. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, yes, but that's not the, the one. one. The the Buick. I th- I want to say it was a Buick GSX. Andrew, can you look? Uh, what what movie was that that the one that Jason Statham was in the one where Dom went rogue because he had because uh, Charlize Theron was on an airplane yeah. Huh? yeah yeah that was Fast Eight Fast yeah. Eight what kind of 
car was he driving? I want to say it was a Buick GSX. Are you talking about where he was in the middle of the square and they all shot off the, the rock. harpoons at They him? all shot the harpoons at him. He runs the him. rock off the road. Yeah, see, I thought that was just a, a Dodge. It might have been a Dodge it Challenger. Was like a Challenger. It was a Challenger or a Buick GSX. I forget which well, one he, it was. Well, we got stats and research looking it up. Yeah. The one movie I wanted to mention, but I know no one would get, has anyone ever seen... Speed Zone with John Candy yes, and Eugene Yes, I Levy. have, and Eugene The Levy. Lamborghini. Yep. The red Lamborghini. The red. That's what made me fall in love with the red Lamborghinis. See, and it's funny, that Lamborghini, I believe it was a Countach, wasn't it? I think so. Oh, yes. those are that, sick. Yes. See, now that's the car, and it's great. If if any listeners of the podcast are, are fr- uh, fans of the Grand Tour or Top Gear, this has been done before, but I'm going to do it here for you. The Lamborghini Countach is a car that every teenage boy had a poster of in their yeah, living room. Yes. Every single one of you had. <laughs> The reality is that car is a piece of shit, <laughs> and it's been what? proven over it and was? over. Yeah, it'll do like 180 if it holds together. The rear differentials would just grenade because the tires were way too wide. Yeah, on they it. had like narrow it, tires in the front yeah, and just so, wide racing slicks in the back. Yeah, and it was so it was an imagination like dream car that you would put on the wall of your poster, but in real life, not the best, but. Because of that, we have all the amazing supercars that we have today. Uh, yeah. I found it. I found it out. It was a 1971 Plymouth GTX. GTX, not a Buick GSX. It was a Plymouth okay. GTX. Yeah, I thought okay. it was a Chrysler product. Yeah. Well, uh, and see, for me, like I know a lot of guys will like like your buddy wanted to kind of shit on the Ford Falcon from Mad Max <laughs> because in he in just the Road did. Warrior, I just don't think it was a muscle sport, but see, or a muscle car, a muscle sport. Me, Jesus. <laughs> To me, uh, a movie car is is so much more than just the way it looks and what it is. It's yeah. the emotion that it, it evokes in you, if you well, will. Well, if you're and going to me, emotion, I mean, when I saw when I was 12 year old Mason Quinn seeing Mad Max's Interceptor, when I saw that car, I was like, oh, yeah. I was just like, man, like he's out in the wasteland, and it's just him in this car with that massive fucking blower that he he pulls that lever, and the the, the blower starts, and you hear the suck of the the wind, just the engine just gulping down air for horsepower. <laughs> to me, when I was a kid and I saw that, I'm like, that is it. And listen to me, I'm I'm getting excited about it now, I, just talking about. I think it. Uh, I, people are gonna rag on us if we don't mention any of James Bond's Aston Martin. Oh, absolutely, Martins. Aston Martin. But I mean, that's throughout the whole, that's throughout the whole whole James Bond, everything. Right. Um, the uh, the other vehicle I was going to talk about the '67 Camaro and Better Off Dead. Better Off Dead, one of the most cheesy uh, yet cult uh, classic comedies Absolutely. of the '80s, where Lane Meyer rebuilds uh, rebuilds his old uh, his <laughs> In old like a Camaro. Week. <laughs> All yeah. the parts with, were with ready. With the French on. with the French foreign exchange student. <laughs> so you know the one car I'm surprised a certain someone sitting next to you hasn't named yet. Oh boy, his favorite one of his favorite movies with Burt Reynolds of all time i was gonna get to that i mentioned that earlier dave if you were listening yeah, to the if podcast people would people I'm, would be burning down the studio doors if we didn't I, mention. I mentioned of course burt reynolds trans am and smoking the bandit but i, I, I lumped that more. in i lumped that in with a car much like the delorean or the dukes of hazard uh, uh charger challenger sorry challenger dodge guys don't get mad at me <laughs> where of course that's the obvious choice of course that's a legendary hollywood car so i, I wanted to go with something more obscure and, and another one that as a as a young lad really appealed to me was the um I believe it was a 67 
67. I might be getting that wrong, guys. But the 67 Plymouth Fury in the movie Christine. A oh, car that fifth, could rebuild no, it's a fi- itself. It's a 57. Or, uh, 50, 50 something. Right, it, Dave, been, yeah. it might have been 54, but it was, but it was, it was it a 50s. It wasn't a 60s. It. Yeah, Christine was crazy. Just a terrifying I'll tell you, car. I'll tell you, you, you know, you talk about the Mad Max and having that, like, moment where you're like, holy shit. I'll tell you what the moment for me was, and this might be a little bit cheesy because now it's a car that we look at. It's just kind of there everywhere, right? But when Bumblebee in the original Transformers movie, it was the old kind of like, I think it was a 78 or a 79 shitty Camaro and Megan Fox. Oh, a big friend of the podcast. <laughs> Believe Christ. you me. I want to ride you home. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I take you home. home. <laughs> Megan Fox uh, is in the car. And for those of you who don't remember, and this was before they came out with the new Camaro. Yeah, it was Megan Fox is like, well, this is some advanced super robot. Why is it some shitty, you know, old car? And they kick him out of the car. And they drive by and scan. And this was before, and um, Transformers has done this with a few of the GM vehicles where they'll they'll tease them before they release yeah, them. Yeah, they'll release it. And, um, and all of a sudden, the brand new Camaro, yellow, And they're comes playing by. the Kill Bill music. Yeah, yeah, it was so sick. And I was like, holy fuck. Because we've been we've been waiting for, at the time, had been waiting for the reintroduction of the Camaro yeah, to be, to be cool. Mustang, and you're you know, when the they reintroduced the Camaro in 1994, it wasn't. They ran it from ninety four to two thousand. It was. I had a ninety eight. What ninety six? Fuck off, Quinn. <laughs> you know why? Why you got to do that Continue to me? Continue the story. I, yes, I had a nineteen ninety six uh, Camaro with a V six, uh, but it had T tops, so that was uh, plus. That was pretty cool, but um, no, that that moment with the Camaro um, was really cool because they redid it to kind of look like the old Camaros of the '60s yeah, and stuff. Obviously, well. obviously with some some modern lines and uh, you know the newer muscle cars. Um, you know these things are putting out you know 350, 400 horse, so they're back to being fast cars. Although mm-hmm. the old Z28s weren't uh, weren't too bad, so. But yeah, so a lot of, uh, you know, we, uh, again, we had some really good discussion on some of our car stuff. So we wanted to go through what our favorite movie cars were, but we would like to hear your guys' opinions because I, to be honest with you, I would have never thought of the 55 Chevy from American Graffiti. Graffiti, And I guarantee, I guarantee there's a lot of cars we're missing and people are going to be like, whoa, they're yelling. What about, yes, there's people (laughs) listening to the podcast. (laughs) You assholes. They're like talking on their best. (laughs) 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 Trying to call in. And I, Hey boss, you you believe what cars these guys are saying? And I'll just say, I'll just say right here, I'm going to acknowledge the original gone in 60 seconds. I'm going to acknowledge vanishing point. I thought you were saying you know, gone with, with those cars. Gone but uh, again, I think it's easy to pick the cars that everybody knows. We're looking for something maybe a little bit more obscure. Like another one I mentioned was the uh, Mercury Coupe that Sylvester Stallone drove in Cobra. Cobra. The all silver with uh, the moon rims on it. Just excellent. Boy, they destroyed Grand that Grand Torino car. as well. <clears throat> oh, Grand Torino mm-hmm. with Clint Eastwood. Get off my lawn. Just an awesome <laughs> That's, movie. That's uh, what Quinn says every Every day. single day. Quinn, get off my lawn. Get some off good, your sidewalk. Some good cars, I'll though. I'll tell you, you what, when you when you talk about movies today and stuff like that, a car can make or break the movie. It really it's just, does. It like, really so does. many people love cars. And I'll tell you what I, I liked about Fast and Furious was it did a really good job of mixing, like, these import cars and some of the old muscle cars. And, you know, the, the new, the, the first Fast and the Furious, it was kind of like 
all like imports, you know. Yep. Hector yep. was running. Andrew, what was Hector running? Three Honda Civics with super spoon tr- engines. Spoon engines. That's what he's bringing to race wars. But at the end of the movie, what da- wins? Dom's, American Muscle Dom's wins. Charger. Fuck yeah! Brian so, had to hit the NOS like three times just to keep up with them. Yeah, but anyhow, so yeah, good times, good times. But uh, what else? We got NFL playoffs this weekend. Playoffs. So playoffs. Well, the, the NFL is almost coming to a close. They are. And what's who about we to thought start? They were. None other we than the, the XFL. Segues That's in this right, podcast. folks. <laughs> Andrew, uh, the XFL. Uh, Vince McMahon tried it a handful of years ago. Uh, we all remember the, the dude with <laughs> "He Hate Me" on the Rod back of Smart. his jersey. Uh, yeah, yeah th- he said they were going to center the second season all around him. And he hate me. And so the XFL. Hey, he played in a Super Bowl, so he, he did. still did all right. XFL shit the bad about as bad as anything could shit Started the bad. Started off so hot too, and now even right, right now, like a lot of the uh, a lot of the. Older, bigger time arena football. I think that's kind of gone. Remember, John Bon Jovi arena. owned like the yeah. Philadelphia, like yeah. uh, like Freedom or done. something. So it, we have l- still like very like small level semi pro football, and I think the Wisconsin Blizzard is still around. So you still have very small level arena football around, Andrew, mm-hmm. and like semi pro at a very small level. Mm-hmm. And you have the we Canadian have around the state. You have Canadian Football League. But it doesn't seem as if there's any, like, mid or just below NFL in America. Well, that's what the AF was originally supposed to be, the American. AFL. The Alliance. The AFL, yeah. No, the AF, AAF. Oh, oh that's AAF. Right. I think the you meant AFL the- is Arena Football League, idiot. My uh, bad. And it's still and it's Whoa, and it's still around. It's still around. There I'm thinking go. AFC. The and Alliance NFC. of American Football, or the AF, as it was always said by Kornheiser, friend of the podcast. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they they were going to be the like the minor leagues, just like the NFL was, or right. just like you know AAA was going to be, because they were affiliated with NFL teams. Okay. So now the XFL, I mean, they're not really doing that, but. They're starting their own, and they're, they're like they've already got some. Like Connor Cook played a few plays in the NFL. He started a few games right. for the Raiders as part of the Michigan from Michigan State. So, but the thing is, is they have a lot of different rules compared to the NFL. Like some, yeah. The- so I, there was a lot of people talking on social media about the rules. Now it looks like the biggest, um, Andrew, the biggest change that people were talking about were the kickoff rules. Now, wh- if I understand this, maybe I read this wrong, but a kickoff, it's like both the receiving team and the kicking team are going to essentially be like a few yards apart or something. And then well, the yeah, kicker is real far back. And so what? Yeah, a, they're what kicking a, from the twenty-five yard line, and uh, the ball has to be in the air and in play between the opponent's twenty. Yard line and end zone. So they're trying to encourage returns. Yep. So they're trying to encourage returns, but then the players from the receiving team and the kicking team start off closer, like yep. five yards apart. So, yep. pi- so picture you have a kickoff. Time out, time out. Before you go off, you now the the teams can't touch each other until the guy receives the ball. That's when they can go and start blocking, and start engaging. So they're just gonna like stand in front of each other. Well, so they have to stand. So they have to. they have to stand and watch. And then once the guy catches the ball, the guys are Andrew. They're five yards apart, correct? Yep. Yeah, they're at the thirty-five. Oh, so you have all the guys, the guys five yards apart. So it's going to be create an interesting strategy be. thing because you're going to have obviously the kicker and the receiver, one and two guys, and they'll probably. But they might have, you know. Well, it's it, when the ball is touched, or three seconds after the ball touches the ground. 
So okay. I don't know if there's going to ref being there going, one Mississippi, <laughs> two Mississippi, three. All right, get them. That's going to be like the Royal or Rumble. They might do a giant countdown. You're just going to hear the crowd going, three, Could just two. do a whistle. <laughs> they might just do a whistle. Well, like, they probably would do that. But well, oh, you, you can't do a whistle. No, if you do a whistle, they'll think the play is over. They'll, they Maybe might they'll stop. have a special whistle. Like an air horn. Okay, that's when they get them. Fucking whack. Yeah, there you go. The Undertaker's Okay, the official... Just when, like buzzer. that. When the official waves his hands down. So, you know, we it's had like, our it's ideas. It's like a drag racing thing. <laughs> yeah. They're going to just stand in the middle. Everybody fucking go. <laughs> so, like, it hits the ground and everybody's looking at the end zone where there's the red, yellow, <laughs> yellow, yellow, green. All right, get him. And if I know Vince McMahon, he's going to have a hot chick out there ready to drop the handkerchief to so let him know. So what are some go. what are some of the other rules, Andrew? Because I think, you know, the kickoffs in the NFL have gotten to the point right now where almost we it's, kickoff it's like why for, even bother? Kickoff are getting rare and the NFL did that on purpose because the NFL was looking to protect the players and when they did studies about concussions it became very apparent that uh, there was a much higher percentage <laughs> of people receiving concussions I was going to say unlike oh, did they the get negative, XFL did they get negative publicity on those uh, <laughs> well the XFL these guys are Remember only going to be five Will yards Smith? apart so there's not that running like head start so what yeah. did, if you listen to Oliver Luck he did uh, he said the guys in the, their team did a lot of studies and this is the safest way to have a kickoff be returned without nobody's got injuries. nobody's got a, a 30 yard that's head of exact, steam that's yeah. exactly why well, remember the there flying used to be a, wedge yeah and then he had the wedge where he could get up to five guys you know up together to ah, be the good to old days god i remember when you could doing, do the head slap i remember doing the fucking wedge man yeah, in i remember, high school. Doing remember being the wedge school. breaker yeah. Oh, that oh was God! You yeah, had to, holy you had to shit! The out. wedge breaker, Andrew. How could I have forgotten about the hey, wedge breaker? Hey, you're faster than everyone else. Uh, plow into those five that's people. What it was. Yeah, you that's gotta sell the, out. Holy shit! Hey, we know one day you're gonna go against Mark Tauscher. So how about we have you break the wedge? <laughs> Andrew, I completely fucking God. I don't know how I forgot. You know, I played high school football. Dude, I played football. Oh, I can't in believe how you forgot. Grade. You played high school I, football. Well, That's I, how you I, forgot. How you forgot? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You forgot that you played high school football because of the wedge. Man, the fucking wedge. Who here listening to the podcast? played high school football or college ball when you could actually do the fucking wedge on the return. It was like the flying V from Mighty Ducks. Andrew, the statistics on the fucking concussions from the wedge returns had to be high. Well, they were extremely high because you're running full bore as fast as you can, as hard as you can into another guy. My brother that played college f- football, his first kickoff, he hit a guy so hard he had the stars. He said it was it was unlike anything he'd ever done before. He actually had the stars. Those, and he, he performed those were the good old days, oh, Quinn, if when you, you could when you could give somebody a concussion and it was encouraged. If you didn't have stars on every hit, you weren't trying hard enough. <laughs> yeah, he actually gave old, himself the concussion test on the sideline. Who did the flying side fucking V on the field? God, it was great. He actually did the concussion test to himself on the sideline. He's like, right, what's, <laughs> my name? what's my address? What's, what's my own name? What's my address? <laughs> I, got, uh, I got blindsided on a punt return once. Um, Those were so fun. Really bad. When you did it, I got blindsided. Uh, I did like a spinning backflip, whatever. I went off. like a lot of kids he did in that a era. spinning roundhouse kick. I, I, kicked, I kicked the Just fucking like kid in the helmet. necessary roughness. But I was, I don't, I don't remember kick. anything. I went yeah. off and, you know, I had to set out a play and I came back in. And then when you watch the tape of what happened, it was some highlight reel shit. So I mean, I, I just, I mean, I got smoked. Your I'm, typical, like, 
kid got right under my <laughs> shoulder pads and he, I was at a full head of steam. He was at a full head of steam, took me from the blind side, but it was, uh, it was, it was fucking incredible. I, uh, how many times did the coach re- rewind that on Saturday morning film? Uh, when they, you guys are going through they, it. <laughs> they needed to make a point, make sure you got your eyes open and your so, head up when you're covering. That's puns. right. So so full heart can't lose. So to go back what to else, the yeah, XFL, Andrew, what else? So we've covered, another, obviously we've covered fucking kickoffs. What other rules? There's, there's a there's fantastic a rule after when you score a touchdown, Andrew. Well, yeah. So you can run a play from the two, five or 10 yard line worth one, two or three points. Respectively. Oh no, shit! That's a cool rule. So if you're, they must run a play. No kicking plays are allowed. So there's no extra points after a touchdown. You must run so, a play. So, but if like say say you're going from the five yard line, so you're going for that's uh, two points. Say you throw a pick and it gets returned, that's worth two points. They get two Where, points. Wherever, for... whichever side you go from, whatever yard line you go from, if you cause a turnover and return it, well, that's going to that's going to create a lot of really interesting um, strategic uh, components just to be these funny, games. You get a game winning touchdown, you have to run a play. So uh, spike it. That's all they're going <laughs> to run. You know. Because you're not going to kick it. So, uh, I tell oh, you what, I think Vince McMahon, I think they learned from their mistakes because the NFL did adopt, as much as of a joke people want to make the original XFL, the NFL did adopt a lot of those things. Like the reason you have that overhead sky cam, that's because of the Madden XFL. Cam. I mean, yeah. it's, it's funny you, you do say it, but like it was funny because they wanted to experiment with using that in every NFL game because so many people play Madden. But you never saw it in reality till the XFL and how close the cameras would get right. on the field, and then XFL did it, and now it's it's common. It's common in every game. What, anything else? So we've got the kickoff. We've yep. got after. Dave's got a great one that he, Dave, he what, dug what up. Else we got? So the one more one that we want to cover that is fantastic, I think, is the double forward pass. Now. Tell me more. Double forward pass. As long as you're still behind the line of scrimmage, you can still throw it forward to whomever, and then they can throw it as, an, uh, as the regular pass. So, for pass. example, you could have a quarterback in the shotgun Whoa. drop back, throw a pass to a halfback, right. and then he could then throw. Correct. So now, as long as it's all taking place behind the line of scrimmage, yeah, you can but do isn't a forward so, pass. Okay, but in the NFL right now, they can pitch it backwards, Yeah, though. it's got to be a lateral. It's got to be backwards. It can't be forward. Okay, so the quarterback could do like a seven-step drop, throw it, a regular throw to a running back. That was still behind the line of scrimmage. And then he could launch it. And then he could throw it. So the way that Oliver Luck put it, and I kind of like it, is let's say you have a quarterback out at the wide receiver slot. You can drop him back five yards along with the shotgun, pitch it to that quarterback. Now that quarterback launches a Hail Mary. I think we're going to see a lot more trickeration, fellas. I think so. I think I like it. And then the overtime rules. I think they played an old game of NFL Blitz and were like, hey, we like that double pass thing. The overtime rules are basically an enhancement of the college. Overtime shall consist of five rounds staged in alternating single play possessions, as in customary NHL shoot rounds. So overtime is going to be just one play to see if you can get a score or a touchdown? Right. That's fucking awesome. That's awesome. I'm telling you guys, the XFL, so here, it's the right time. Each possession starts at the opponent's five-yard line. The offensive team has one play to score. The team with the most points after, after five, five rounds is the winner. Beautiful. Okay, so, Dave, let's recap some of this shit. Okay, so kickoffs. Yeah, but it's, kickers, it's, it's five rounds that they have for the overtime. <laughs> did you mention that part? We did. Oh. We did. <laughs> All right, so, so recap on some listening. of these. <laughs> <laughs> he came in from catering. Answer came in from catering. Uh, 
so recap on some of these rules. So for kickoffs, the kicker's way back. The, the rest of the players are lined up five yards apart. they got to wait until basically the guy catches the ball. Four then it's go. Seconds. No concussions, but it's going to be interesting. Um, for overtime, it's like an NFL shootout or an NHL shootout. There's no, there like, it's not like college where they get first downs. It's not like NFL where it's regular play. They each get one play to score, and they go back and forth. Five correct? Rounds. Okay. Now, after a touchdown, you can either go from the one the five or the 10 yard line for one, three or five, one, two or three points. So there's that. And uh, what was the other rule that we had talked the double about? Pass. The double pass. The double rule. forward pass. As double long as they're behind pass. the line of scrimmage, you can still forward pass to one and that guy can still launch it to wherever. Okay. 25 so, second play clock too. So regardless of, of how this plays out, I think we can all agree some really cool new rules for the XFL. And I think fans are going to really like this. I think, you know, I think people like watching football. My concern with the XFL is that you're going to run into the same thing that you ran into last time. Uh, the same thing why all the arena footballs fizzled out. The same thing why nobody gives two like. And, and look, I respect was all that the, the AFL was the last one. I A-A- respect. I respect all the footballs players, obviously playing overseas. The guys in the look, the guys playing in in the leagues in Canada are a hundred times better athletes than I am. So I respect those guys. But people want to see the best of the best, and that is the NFL. So my concern is, okay, you have a a league, and I would love for the NFL to adopt these because I think it would, I think it would make the games more exciting. Adopt all of them, or just some, and speed just some it up. Of them. I think them faster. The, I don't think they would do the overtime right away. I think the way they switch the overtime, if you get a touchdown, you win. You know, but the, even that, even that, even the touchdown and you win, still comes down to who wins the flip of a coin. coin. Toss, yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean who's the better team. It's the flip of a coin. Um, the extra points, obviously, they move back to make it Only a little bit. two ter- timeouts per half. Yeah. One minute timeouts. Yeah. So they're it's, really trying so, to make sure the game keeps moving. I'm really, forward. I'm really glad you brought that up. And Quinn, to your point for timing, uh, Oliver Luck said their are their games will be two hours and forty five minutes. Nice compared to three hours it, and there's no coaches, <laughs> no no coaches challenges. Okay. All are done above, and their half times are shorter. Okay, 10 so Andrew, times. Andrew, you bring up a good point. No coaches challenges. What about like pass interference and stuff? Are they going to automatically review plays? Because that's a big thing in the NFL right now. Yes, being, the review of plays are limited to plays involving possession, uh, touching of either the ball or the ground, uh, governed by the goal line. Governed by boundary lines, plays governed by the line of scrimmage, plays governed by the line to gain, number of players on the field at the snap, general administration, uh, penalty enforcement, so proper down, spot of a foul, status of the game clock, disqualification of a player, and the list of reviewable plays is identical to those in the NFL prior to 20. Have they talked, Andrew, here's another interesting point. We saw this with the college championship game. Have they talked about targeting and rules like that at all and, and protection for concussion with the XFL, or is that something they I, haven't really got into? I haven't heard, but if they're going to, they'll probably at least base it off yeah, of that. I would imagine so. The because they're so not going to get paid nearly as much, so their ideas were as last time where it's like, hey, let's race to the football to get possession, yeah. and their high-profile player tore his ACL on that the first yeah, game of the year. right, right. They, I don't, I think, you know, they don't want to do that this time sure. around. I mean, so, Well, so, and the pay is interesting because there was a number of players who 
declined even playing in the XFL because the pay was so low. It was like 20 grand or 40 grand or something. But loaded with incentives. Yeah, I could make them get 60 on well, some. Oh, what? So yeah. the guys playing there in was the different X, levels of the pay. guys in the XFL were, well, the, here's the thing in the XFL. Look, uh, Andrew, how, how, what do you think? They're probably going to have 53 man rosters or what? No, it's actually 70. I think I heard that correctly. 70 man rosters. Okay. So could be wrong. Boy, it's either uh, make some plays in the XFL or you're going to have to uh, go work down at the salt mine and pull some double shifts and you can make just as much. Look, yeah. Remember, there's, there's only problem, eight teams. The problem with, look, the problem with playing a professional sport like that is you have to at least make a living wage. Exactly. And that's the if thing. If you go out there and bash your head in and. Look, and I'm not saying these guys have to make millions yourself. a year like the guys in the NFL, but you can't be playing somebody to go play football for $20,000 a year if they're going to be traveling, if this is expected to be their profession obviously you know we talked a little bit earlier about guys playing like local like semi-pro football like they're not making any money for no. that that's just because they love playing like football fun with it, yeah. but their games are all you know they're traveling two three hours for a game maybe five six hours for a game to maybe minnesota or iowa if they're wisconsin players right. stuff like that it's all very it's all very midwest type stuff and they do it because they're having fun look this xfl these are incredibly talented players. And I think a lot of people, when they think about the NFL, just have a hard time wrapping their head around just how talented these guys well, are. How, how high level of human and beings so, these yeah, are. Yeah, so this XFL <laughs> is still going to be a ton of phenomenal athletes. And again, these are guys who probably right now, well, you're, you know, right now, these guys got to have, like most of them, just normal jobs. They do, you right? know. They're just normal guys who were probably studs in college and just missed. You know, most of the guys playing in the XFL are probably going to have guys or probably rather be guys who had tryouts with NFL teams, you know, played some two, NFL yeah, guys two, are here two, yeah. three years in the league yeah, and know, then didn't D3, cut it. Yeah, probably some D3, D2 guys. Yeah. You know? so. Aaron uh, Ripper Ripkowski has said he wants to oh, play. Oh, the Ripper's going to be Rip, there? Ripkowski, is he the guy from? Uh, he was on the Packers. Packers. He was on the Packers. Yeah, Ripkowski, their fullback mm-hmm. for a couple yeah, years. Yeah, Andrew Jones, the ex-quarterback for uh, the Steelers, ex-backup quarterback. Yeah, they had a couple of guys from yep. uh, Big Ten that were going to be in there. I think Baker it was a Mayfield. Quarterback, uh, quarterback Card- from Ohio Card- State. Yeah, Cardale, Cardale Jones. Jones yeah. Cardale Jones? Cardale Jones is the starting quarterback for one that, of those teams. That was the thing. It was oh, like they wow. did a big presser with a – Quarterbacks are coming in because they would be He's known, like Connor can, Cook. I tell okay, like and, I said maybe this will be. And, and Andrew, you're probably the biggest football fan out of all of us here. Do you think that? Um, do you think that the XFL will be an opportunity for some of the players to kind of recatapult themselves? into the spotlight for NFL coaches and things like that. So do you think yes, that... Yes, it will be. It's always nice to have a nice little proving ground that, that you know, you go against competition because college can get you so far, and, and so they always want to know how good are you against the next level. Well, say now you're not in the NFL, so you're against the next specs next best thing which is the xfl so you're still going against great competition if you can prove to yourself to be a big fish in a small pond then that's going to give nfl teams you know they're going to look at you and be like hey he's been performing real well let's at least invite him invite him into camp and that can get him uh, and i think that's going to be a big incentive for a lot of guys to want to play in the xfl look let's say the payday is not as big as they want these guys playing in the xfl are going to have another opportunity that maybe has passed to get into the NFL. 
and think about that. Yeah, like, should, look, if you're a guy, if you're a guy who talents. you know tried out for this team or that team, and they said no, and you were on the practice squad, and then all of a sudden you weren't in the league for two years, and now you're playing in the XFL and you're shining. Look, if you're a whoever the champion is in the XFL, uh, you know the NFL teams might be taking a look at a, a second look at you, especially for backup quarterbacks and stuff like that. Now, I'm not saying these guys are going to come out and, and be you know the winners, although you do have your your Doug Fluties went mm-hmm. to the Canadian League, yep. came back and played in the NFL. He also took part in helping shape uh, some of the game play and some of the rules for the XFL, believe it or not. Doug Flutie did? Yep. No kidding. Jim Caldwell as well. Well, the, the, uh, the, the Steelers had that uh, that quarterback that was from the XFL that helped him out in their uh, their Super Bowl run. Uh, Tommy Maddox. Tommy he, Maddox. He didn't, Tommy he Maddox. didn't help him at all. He didn't help for shit. But uh, he, was a, regard, he was a backup and didn't uh, play at all that year. Oh, that's my story, <laughs> and I'm sticking uh, to it. He lost the point. AFC championship to Drew Bledsoe, who was replacing Tom Brady the you, year they won their first Super you know, Bowl. To your point, though. Oh, yeah, great. Tom Brady couldn't win the AFC championship game, though. To Drew Bledsoe did. To everyone's point here, though, in the you first XFL. XFL run. In the first XFL run, there was a couple Hashtag handful of truth. guys that went to the NFL out of that. Yep. I'm pretty sure, like you said, Dave, this is going to be another opportunity for a lot of guys to get their stuff on film. Like I said, th- Rod Smart played for the Panthers when they were in the Super Bowl. Yeah, he was the return go. man. They go. had uh, he, he ended up playing for the Packers for a while. He was also in the XFL. There you go. So a cool opportunity for fans to have more football. Now, do we know when the season is going to be running? February 8th is the opening day. This February 2020. This February wow, 8th. So you this think is we're going to have Vince McMahon uh, do the same thing as last time? This is the He will XFL. not. He said he... Oh, he they said, better. He said it he's was gonna, me. He said he was going to stay away. Yeah, so, sure and he, he has is. a bunch of NFL, former NFL guys running the XFL now. So. Where are they, okay, where are the coaches coming from? Do we see in a Ooh, lot of Bob NFL? Bob Stoops. Yeah, they, they've they had have a the great Chicago few. Bears ex-coach. Oh, Jesus Lo- Christ. Yeah. No, no, no. The Mark Tressman. No, 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 not Dicka. Not Dicka. Not uh, Lovey. Uh, Hurricane Trust versus Mike Ditka. <laughs> Not Dick Duran. Rick Mierce versus uh, Mike Ditka. Jim Tressman, who who realized Tressman. right away from the CFL, he's like, oh, who's I Jim? can't have players going towards the line of hey, scrimmage. who's Jim Tressman? Said, ah, whatever. Yeah, Mark. That's, that's how <laughs> Mark. good he was. He that's how good he was. I just remember he had great hair. <laughs> oh, God. The best. The best. <laughs> but yeah, so, they, folks... Let's all get revved up for the XFL. Let's hear your it's thoughts. Coming. Do you guys think the XFL is going to be a success? Because this, let's face it, guys, this first year is big, and it needs to go it's off. Well, it's going to be like the the double AFL, whatever that was earlier. I mean, do you really think that they're going to fail? I right think away? they're going to. I, I to be perfectly honest, they'll make it a season, and then that'll be it. I, I agree. I think really. The, okay. I think that look the the, look, have, the whole the whole idea of the NFL is people want to see the best of the best. It's the exact same reason D2 football isn't on your TV on Saturday afternoon. Okay. Look, you want to watch a lot of foot. Look, there's college. There's how many college games are on uh, across the country every Saturday. How many college football games get played across the country every Saturday? And how many D3 games get put on TV? Zero. Maybe the, maybe the championship. You know, we saw Whitewater versus whoever it was on, you know, TV. And granted, these are still, look, I want to make it very, very clear. These D3 college football players that are playing in the national championships are still 17 times more athletic than anybody here running this podcast. Okay? Maybe. Well, I don't know, Dave. You go up against well, that. You, you get what I'm saying, though? Oh, Co- I totally sad. get it. Look, I mean, it, so the, the idea is that the football fans want to consume more football. They want to consume more football. No, they want to consume good. the best. It's the same reason. 
and this is going to sound really sexist, but I really don't give a shit because I'll argue this point. Same reason nobody cares about the WNBA. Look, that's still going on. It is. The it starts at the end of I'm not even looking. People might be able to call me, oh, sexist, this and that. No, just women's basketball. Women's tennis kicks ass. Women's volleyball is a ton of fun. Women's swimming is great. Women's track is great. There are certain women's sports that just are not as entertaining to watch as the men's the opposite. Show it. Like you I don't said, watch the Lingerie Football League? No, that was That, that was, was started terrible. by Mark Rippon. Oh, God, that <laughs> was terrible. Friend of the podcast. <laughs> but, uh, but no, there's look, there's a lot of women's sports. Like I said, I, as, as far as I'm concerned, women's tennis, at least the top athletes we have right now, are more exciting to watch than the men. The, the William sisters. They got more and, stars. Yeah, more stars. So don't don't anybody that's listening to the podcast be like, oh, he's sexist. But people, whatever the sport is, people want the highest level of competition in the most entertainment. And I think uh, you'll you'll have some people be like, eh, this is entertaining. But at the end of the day, you're watching the guys who couldn't make it to the NFL. Still, and is it still, worth your time? Still phenomenal athletes. Well, uh, still phenomenal watch. athletes. I, I get that, but at the same time, college just makes money. Money, money. Division so one. You know you but bring up. Okay, but you bring, one, no, Andrew. But that's the thing. Is you division up, one is wow, 126 you know teams. So you, why would you go to division two and three when there's already when there's already yeah. 60? You know what, Andrew? You bring D1. up. Andrew, that's the only reason. Andrew, if they put you it on up, TV. I'd watch it. You bring up a phenomenal point, Andrew. Because you know what, Andrew? Wow, this is a very insightful point on your end. Because. I'm sitting here talking about people wanting to watch the elite, okay? Now, the elite, I say, is NFL, but college football is incredibly popular. Now, you have to argue the guys who are going to be able to play in the NFL are a step above the college football players, right? Because the college football players, you have a team of however big of the roster, you know, two, three of the big Division One schools might make it to the NFL, and then you might have two or three who are good enough to play in this XFL, and everybody else, look, you graduate, and it was, hey, you had an awesome opportunity to play ball, but that's it. So from a, a from an athleticism standpoint, the XFL really is probably Andrew as as your point is a step above college football. It's definitely a step above. Mm-hmm. But is the perceived level of competition. You know what I'm saying? Well, and that's what's going to make I, it. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of NFL stadiums that are empty every oh, Sunday. The Redskins? And it's because they're selling their tickets teams for what garbage. $8 this year? Yeah, Something and, like that. And this is the best of the best. Of in terms of, of of level of football, and they can't even pack their stadiums. So that's why I'm saying the XFL. Hey, I'm we, I'm great. I'm going to pull for it, but it ain't going to make. Do we it know where these year. guys are playing, Andrew? Like what sort of stadiums and stuff these guys are going to be in? Where are these they college? A, they they did announce it. Independence yeah. Community College. They did send. Uh, you can also look on the XFL.com. They do have the information there. Uh, we don't have it readily available on our hands yet, but it is there. And it's well, definitely see, not in the NFL stadiums. And that's why I think they had to go ahead with all these rule changes because, I mean, guys, we can all agree, there's nothing nothing worse than watching NFL-style football with terrible quarterbacks. I mean, it's it's the most painful thing to watch that there is. Mm. Dave, I know you're used to it being a Chicago Bears fan. Mm. You've had to have that for a long time. But from guys <laughs> like us who've been able to watch Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers our entire uh, life of watching football – Oh man, some of these games with the quarterbacks are just garbage. It's unwatchable. Yeah, that's the thing. That that's the thing is like when you look at um, when you look at like the play from a, a defensive lineman versus offensive lineman or a running back versus a linebacker. It seems like the the this is a hard concept to explain, but like a high school offensive lineman versus defensive lineman, running backs, linebackers, you get a level of you know stuffs going on in the trenches and stuff like that. But you it would be hard to see 
the skill levels unless one person was really above yeah, the other person. Pancake blocking right? guys and everything But else. throwing a pass to me, a quarterback performing poorly is going to be very is going to be so much more obvious because you're going to see underthrown passes over. You know, does this does it make sense what yeah, I'm no, saying? Absolutely. Like if yeah, everything was just running out. the ball, you know, you're you're even if if you have a look a good running back and you have a shitty defense, it's going to make the running back look good, yada yada. But the actual skill of throwing the ball, if these guys are doing bad, if they're just throwing a bunch of duck and shitty passes, we'll, yeah. we'll take it back to the college level real quick. You got Trevor Lawrence and then uh, Big Joe, Big Money Joe, those guys. Every time they drop back, it was a pretty ball. Yeah, they're totally money. But then mm-hmm. you go to some other teams that don't have the quarterbacks that rely on defense and running game and things like that. And like I said, it, it's plain as toast. It's just just got a uh, just got a text message from Mr. Jay Cutler himself. Says Green Bay needs to step it up. <laughs> oh God, what, folks, we what are recording. What insight this man has? We are recording, and Dur- the Packers are down seventeen zero. Game. Not uh, only two minute warning builder, in the second quarter, but he is astute <sighs> on NFL football. Well. As we wrap up here, folks, any uh, last comments about the XFL? Uh, I'm going to be, as I am with a lot of things, cautiously optimistic. Um, If it only makes it for a year and then fizzles out, that's a year of getting to watch football on uh, Saturdays or Sundays or whenever it's playing. So for me... It's a win. Yep, and I agree with you, Oka. I'm excited to watch it. I, th- I think it, you know, could be fun. But uh, I'm glad it's not my money invested in it because uh, yeah, I don't like the odds. Answer. Yep. Haven't been paying attention. No, he, I'm going to be truthfully honest. Andrew's uh, Andrew's going into he gets so a upset uh, so right now. We, we look. We record the podcast on Sundays, and of course, here in the studios, we have the Packers game on. Uh, they're down twenty to nothing. TV. They're down to twenty to nothing. This isn't looking good. And Andrew being gonna be fine. as hardcore of a Andrew's Packer not fan happy. as he is, so that's why you should take us to the go home of his signature. Well, that's right. So for tonight, we we're going to talk about something else, but not. So we'll skip it till next mm-hmm. week. Next week. So for the Appleton Oak man of, uh, he is at eleven hundred and one poses. Coming soon to a screen near you. Exactly. Mason Quinn, Diamond Dave Damone, I am the answer, and good night. See you. Hey, what's up? It's the ODB, and you're listening to the Bad Medicine Podcast. Bye!